So my man, Michael Marino, it's been years, man. We're trying, we're just trying to figure out uh, exactly what it was. 2015, 2016 range. Um, you were, for anyone listening, the very first ever podcast guest. You were the first, man. That's crazy. And, and we just hit 200,000 followers on Instagram. And um, so much has happened since then. And you were saying, so at the time, which is we're going back a ways, you were just going head to head with Ross Petkoff or you were, ju- you were scheduled to and just broken a record? So, okay, it was weird. So I had just broken the 181 all-time highest deadlift um this was like raw was like just like getting big i did um i did a multiply beat but i deadlifted single ply and i pulled 795 um which at the time the highest deadlift was 793 by ed Cohn. he did it raw obviously so but the talk was i broke his record and then that was in 2015 of october and Mm. then um after that it just blew up on social media. Everybody was talking trash about uh, he can't lift raw. Cause that's when raw was coming big. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. I was like, you know what? Um, I, that's when I just signed with iron rebel too. And they were like, well, let's go. Uh, the LA fit expo was like the biggest meet that in January, 2016. Um, so me and Ross Petkoff were supposed to go head to head. I think like two weeks out, um he cut his hand or something so he couldn't do it he was the world record holder at 165 i think he totaled 1650 in sleeves and then i had came in and i still did the meet by myself i totaled 1669 or something and then that's when i got hurt actually at that meet i only got my opener squat it was terrible 534 which i had squatted 600 in training but i got hurt like throughout that whole, that whole meet was just terrible. I pulled 750 for a double. I only pulled like 728, which at the time was the all time full power world record deadlift. So, and then I got on, I think just a few months after that, I think it was after the Arnold classic or right before the Arnold classic. Cause I lifted in the cage. So that was like right around that time, 2016, and so then- long ago. And dude, so I think we talked then 2016 because this had happened, I think, if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly. And then, um, and Kern was rolling around and there was like- It was the first year the Kern was rolling around. Right. And we were discussing, I remember John Hack had won the IPF World Championships 2016 and he was crossing over. And we were like, oh, wow. Let's, I wonder what's going to happen. And like, oh, the John Hack story now. But um, at the time, we didn't, we had no idea. We thought, like, is he going to go, like, what's, is he just going to step in for a year, leave, or, or no one knew if he was fully committed. And, um, yeah, man, freak. This was before Larry Wheels was Larry Wheels. This was before, like. Before anyone was anyone. Yeah, you're right. It's true, because (laughs) it was before King of List was King of List. This was, this was year, King of List started that year. This wasn't even, we didn't even have King of Lists reposting people and doing any of this. This was, this yes. was, yeah, it's crazy. The podcast be- was totally different. It was like, you recorded, like we were like this, but it was a recording of, it was so much different. I think it was just right. YouTube, right? I don't know. Yes, yes, it was only YouTube. 
It wasn't That's even the crazy, audio. Dude. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. So wild. So much has changed. And then, um, yeah, so not long after that, you that's when you started getting riddled with injuries. And yeah. um, let's catch up a little bit on that because people need to know, like, this is the return yeah. up. Yeah, so so it's crazy because Kern was the first year um, that, like, so LA Fit Expo happened. And this is the craziest thing. People don't know this. Dude, I've done, well, now I've done three. I've done four raw meets total. The first one I did was the LA Fit Expo when I, that was my first sleeve meet ever. Broke the world record. And then, um, so, because I was lifted in gear since I've been, my first meet was in 2007. Multiply, single ply, that's all I did. But anyways, long story short, I got hurt and then I found out I needed surgery. And then the Kern was 2017. That was the first one. So it's like, all right, here's my chance to have like, because I think we were even talking about, I was like, all right, it's going to be the comeback meet. It'll be, it'll be my first meet back from surgery. I had surgery that took like a year. And then I think it was January 2016, which for the Kern was like April 2017. I pulled 806 or something in the gym, and then I got hurt again on the, ex the exact same injury, but on the other knee, mm. needed surgery. That whole process took me five years. Um, well, 2000, I did my first meet back in February out at Steffi Cohen and Hayden's gym, the hybrid showdown. So it, it was just battling and it, crazy. Two knee surgeries. Uh, I tore both pecs. Like I, Jesus so after- man. Yeah, after I got hurt, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to be done. I'll, I'll figure a way out to come back. And then um, I was like, so my bench is only 400. Let's try to get it to 500. And um, that's what I did. And then finally, after the surgeries, and I was kind of like, good, I tore my pec. And then I tore my other pec. And uh, I, I, it was no surgery or nothing on those. They were just one took a whole year. So it's been just one thing after another. And then... Um, um what do you call it february of this 2020 was my first meet back i did the hybrid showdown they invited me to do it um there were so many times where i was going to do a meet but i had to back out because i got hurt it was just becoming a thing where mm. michael marino can't he can't stay healthy and um i don't know it wasn't because i wasn't training right because i was it was just man i've been powerlifting since 2007 I started supplements when I say supplements, super supplements when I was 15, like my high school football coach gave me some of those things. Like it was crazy. So my body just took a beating and um, I just couldn't figure out a balance of uh, how to, to stay healthy. So I actually reached out to two people. It was Steffi Cohen. And I don't know if you know who squat university is. Oh yeah. Actually he's yeah. Next, next guest we're having on. That's crazy. You just said that. But yeah, yeah he, <laughs> I, we text every day. Um, he's, it's crazy. He grew up in the same hometown that I did in St. Louis, Missouri. He, his, his high school was literally like 20 minutes away from mine. So that's how we kind of like, um, knew each other. And I just reached out to him on Instagram, dude. And I was like, Hey man, I, I can't get healthy. So I had reached out to him and Steffi. And then, um, from there, dude, he gave me these basic little movements. Um, I'm actually, he's about to drop a book and I'm actually in it. I'm one of his, I guess, and this is all through like text messaging, dude. I never mm. flew out to see him and he did all this for free. It was crazy. Like the knowledge he has is just something that like I can coach you to get stronger. But when it comes to that, it's just over my head. I don't know what to do. So I was just 
man, depressed, like powerlifting has been my whole life since I, I mean, I did my first meet when I was like, I don't know, 2007, I was born in 1990. So 16, 17, you know, so um, it, that's all I knew. And then I moved to Vegas at the same time when we first got on here, like after I did the meet, literally January, I did a meet. I was going from Cali because the meet was in Cali. I went from Cali to Vegas to live here and start my new journey. I had just quit a job. I was, I was selling cars, making crazy money, selling like 30 cars a month. And I just said, you know what? I broke two world records. People are blowing me. That's when like Instagram just blew up. Yeah. And I went from like 10,000 followers to like 60 in like two months. And then it just, it just kept going. And then um, the coaching just dude. it. I've coached over like 12,000 people since 2016 Holy online. Shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it got so crazy to the point where I start, I couldn't even keep up. I had at one point, um, I think 360 athletes and I did everything by myself, like on, and it was like texting. Like, that's all I did. I never was like, I never know how to do a website. Never do it. Now, now I, I keep it at a 30 because I start, we started our own clothing line. We have our own gym, like a lot of like, it's crazy because I got pushed back from powerlifting, but it set me aside to be like, okay, well now how do I help others to get to the next level? And I'm an athlete. I want to compete. Like I have that in me, but it was like, all right, well, I got to, I got to coach people to get stronger, to break world records. And then I, and then, um, in 2000 and, um, what is it? 2000, I want to say 2018, no, 2017, we started a clothing company called fight or quit. And then, um, that dude, we, we went from 10 orders a month to now we have our own gym, me and Steph, Steph F15, you know who that is, obviously, mm -hmm. um, to now um, we do about 500 orders a month. We have our own gym. Holy it's smooth. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy because like our clothing brand is when we were sitting down, we're like, okay, how do we, how do we come up with a clothing brand that doesn't have to strictly do with powerlifting, but it's called fight or quit. So like, if you see the logo, it's just a claw. And it's basically like that day-to-day -day lifestyle of anyone can relate to fight or quit. Like it's, it's, um, it's just something that I literally, like literally when, when I was a kid, my brother was like, I want to get a tattoo and he got a fist right here and it says fight or quit. And I told him, I was like, yo, get fight or quit. So it always like stuck in my head. And, uh, me and Steph just been, we, we literally, I have a screen printing, uh, process. Like I have all the screen prints. We have over 80 designs on our website and we do them all. I do all the screen printing, um, Steph, all the like orders that come in, Steph will sign them each. So oh, it's wow. literally a two, a two person project. Now we have a gym. Um, we just had a grand opening yesterday with or Saturday and it was crazy, man. Like almost 300 people showed up. So it's just like, I mean, all like at one point with, with the knee, the knee surgeries, I would just was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I mean, there were so many times I'm like powerlifting, just I'm done. You know, I can't come back. There's just, there's nothing I could do. And, um, whatever, you know, I got to move on with business. And, um, I think it worked out for me because it made me realize like there is more to life than powerlifting. And that's hard for me to say, because dude, seeing all these cats come up was like the hardest. And you know, you know me, I'm cocky. I loud mouth, like it's, it's hard to shut me up. And I'm just like at the back of my head, I'm like, okay, these cats are so strong. Like the 165 division just blew up like 1660, whatever I did ain't even 
shit right now. Like, I mean, come on. Um, let's be even in the IPF, like I'm not even top five, maybe top 10. I don't know. Um, and, uh, so I'm like, man, like, yeah, these kids are strong and just blowing up, but like, I don't know how good I could be. Cause I only done two raw meats, man. Like, Oh, it's bothering me so much. And I'm like, all I want to do is just come back healthy. And can I, I would just do it. I would literally be like begging, like, just give me one year to be healthy so I can see what I could do, you know? So then I did the hybrid meat. I totaled 1802 at 181. It was just kind of, I mean, I, I had a perfect day. Oh, I missed one deadlift because I um I kind of like rocked forward on my second. I still went up. I went 711 on my second attempt and I just smoked it and then, you know, fell forward or whatever. I still went up to 733. So I did 1802. I actually hired um, you know who Jason Manikoff is? Yes. Yeah. So he actually prepped me for that meet. Six weeks out, I was like, yo, I'm gonna do the meet. I think I'm healthy enough. Um, and it went from like squatting, like once every 10 days, benching, like once every other week to like, all right, bro, here you go. Here's three times a week benching. Here's two times a week deadlifting. Here's twice a week squatting, bro. Like the first week I was like, yo, I don't know, man, this is intense. It's, it's, but, um, <laughs> well, you got to, well, first off, is your, where's your microphone? Is it in front of you? Uh, somewhere. Every now and then, I think you, you you touch it when you're talking with your hands or something. I'm not sure. Oh, so I have I have just the the Bluetooth on, and then I have I'm on my my uh, iPad is what okay. I'm looking at. Do okay. I need to get it closer? No, no, it's loud. It just feels like sometimes you might be. It feels like some crickling if you if you move your hands around it. Maybe I don't know. Okay, so I won't move. I, <laughs> it'll be tough because we get excited. That's okay. Don't worry, it'll be good. Um, but at some point when you were, here's, here's the tough part that people might not fully grasp how hard it is when you've just saw yourself as a power lifter, a young man in your twenties, just broke a world record to actually wrap around your head. This might be it. And it wasn't something small. You blow out both knees, you blow up both pecs, you blow out, everything is failing. You're like, maybe I'm a bench only guy for the next year. And then one pec. All right, that's a year. And then another peck. Here we go again. And then your knees are going out. And a year turns into two, turns into three. And now what are we talking about? It's not small to actually sit there in your bed and be like, what does this mean? Like, am I, when you actually put something to bed, for real though, for like most people don't understand when you're in your 20s, you for real though are like, I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. That's yeah. not small. And we're not talking your mid pack guy and it wasn't we're talking you were breaking world records a world record breaker and when the sport finally takes off with instagram youtube streams money finally came in exactly at that point and the world record breaker in his 20s is like i think i gotta say goodbye and i'm still a young man that isn't yeah i don't know if people we can't skirt over that you know, we skirt over that pretty quick right there, but how bad, like, that's a tough thing to actually for real grasp. I'm going to let it go. Yeah. And it's like, cause all the people I would talk to are like, dude, you're only 26. You're only 20. I'm like, I know, dude, I, I, I know how old I am, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't get it. Cause it's like some people do start powerlifting at like 26 and they, they come out of nowhere and they're like 32 years old, tearing it up. And I'm like, here I am like, when I would tell people like, yeah, I think I'm retired. They're like, 
what do you mean? You haven't even been doing like, I'm like, yeah, but I started in 2007, dude. Like, you know, I, I've done, I think almost 30 meets in my lifetime, um, bombed out of a few cause whatever. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was honestly like for me as a competitor, because I played football, played hockey, like that's all I did. Like all I did was play sports and it wasn't like, Oh, you play club sports. Like I started playing roller hockey when I was four and we, we, I played on a national hockey team. Um, we, I, dude, I've been to Canada. I've been to Quebec. I've been to, uh, Toronto. I, I've been, and this is roller hockey, not ice hockey. Um, I've been to, uh, I am actually on a Wheaties box in like 2006 or something what? from our, Holy yeah, God. we won like, we, we, um, we were do you do you um follow the nhl uh well i'm canadian so we always have a peripheral knowledge of what's going on right like i'm not a huge nhl guy but you can't go somewhere in canada people aren't talking about it yeah do you know a guy named pat maroon yes i do yeah okay so it's crazy because he played for the the st louis blues last year won the stanley cup now he plays for i want who who just won the stanley cup was it the Maple Leafs or the Lightning or something? No, not the Lightning. The, not the Leafs. Might have been the Lightning, but it won't be the okay. Leafs. Yeah. He 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 went from the St. Louis Blues to the, the Lightning or whoever just won the Stanley Cup. This so he won back to back Stanley Cups on two different teams. I played with him roller hockey when we were kids growing up. Like I my my dad still knows him to this day, and um, we were called the St. Louis Blast. We I mean, dude, we traveled. Um, it was me. I played with my little brother. I don't know if I, I don't know if we ever went over this, um, story. I, my younger stepbrother who I played hockey with my whole life, uh, in 2000, I think it's been about 10 years now. Uh, he overdosed on heroin and, and passed away. So we, we, uh, which he it was crazy. Cause he loved powerlifting. Like he, he was, you know, he, he showed up to every meet. He loved it. But, um, but that's kind of how like I grew up around that's like, dude, when my high school, it wasn't like marijuana. It wasn't like, you know, it was like people were doing like my senior year, people were doing heroin in the bathroom and doing um, ecstasy. Like it wasn't like, oh, hey, you want to smoke some weed, do some shrooms, drink some alcohol. It was like, oh, you want to do some heroin? You want to do wow. some ecstasy at parties? And I always was like, uh, I'll have a beer. I got to train tomorrow. Like that's, I mean, I started lifting weights when I was 12 years old. So it was like, nah, I gotta, I don't want to ruin my six pack or I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's, so that's what it was. But um, yeah, I always played sports. And then I was like, as a, as a sophomore in high school, I was um, I think top 100 running backs in the nation. Um, I mean, we, we were just killing it. And then um, I've always power lifted too. Cause my dad actually did it when he was younger. Um, he was never on the, the level I was on. He was a state state level guy, but you know, still he loved the sport. So um, that's, that's kind of how I got into it when I was a kid. He actually, my dad's like six, two still, my dad's 63 years old, six, two, 230 pounds, like still goes to the gym every single day. Um, he actually would not let me train and I would sneak into the basement and train when I was like nine and 10 and all the way up to 12. Cause he didn't want me to, you know, get hurt or whatever, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. that's kind of how I always just been around the weights. It was just something that, you know, um, I always do, you think to do it, so. Do you think it might've saved your life then? You could have went down a, a totally different path if you didn't find power. hundred percent. So the crazy thing is, is like still to this day. So, um, like I said, when I was playing football, 
I kid you not. I was, you know, I, I was the real deal, bro. I ran a four, four. I, my sophomore year, um, I weighed 137 pounds. I benched over 300. Uh, now, obviously this isn't no, this isn't no pause. This is power. This is coach football one-on-one benching. You know what I mean? Um, I squatted 400 and probably for reps, probably high as whatever, but this was like what we did, you know, um, right. we actually, at my sophomore year, we had pound clubs, um, on our walls. They started at 800 and went up to 1100. I created my own as a junior. It was 1300 pounds. Um, but this, this is no deadlift. This is like with the hand clean or whatever. So, um, I was like the real deal, bro. Like I was, um, I want to say I had probably 10 D one offers, um, as a junior. And then I got in some, I was a bad kid. Um, I'll say that I got kicked out when I was 15 for actually beating up my brothers at it that I actually passed away um, just cause I didn't like the way he talked to my dad and he would be like, you're not my dad kind of thing, but whatever. Um, was he so, younger brother or older brother? Yeah. He, he was a year, uh, two years younger than me. So um, yeah. And uh, so, but we always got along. Um, and then one day I just lost it at the dinner table um, and just started whooping his ass. And uh, my dad told me to leave. Crazy thing was, is he asked me to come back like a week later. And I just, at 15 years old, I was like, you know what? I don't think so. I, I kind of like the life that I have, which was like sleeping on the couch or in my car or whatever, you know. Um, and then uh, I was so like, you, yeah, I, you were on your own at 15. Yeah, all, all the way till now. Like I never I mean, me and my dad are like the closest we ever been. We had a tough, tough time, like when I was a kid. But now we're like, I mean, I talk to him every day. But um, yeah, I've been on my own since 15. I moved in um, with like one of my best friends who lived up the street for me for years and years and years and whatever he had a pool his parents were never home so we always had girls all that fun stuff but um I never wanted to all throughout that time and I partied literally my junior year or I want to say my senior year I ended up getting in so much trouble I couldn't even play football um really really won't go into actual details of what happened um but let's just say I lost like I went from Mizzou Arkansas Cincinnati, all these D1 schools offers, and um, I just lost them all. I, uh, I think you said the story last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Um, we're, we're podcast a little bigger now, so I don't want to. I don't want to bring <laughs> back fair. any old times for that's fair. Any football coaches or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah. If you remember, you remember, but uh, yeah, man. So, but through all that time of parties drugs girls all that stupid stuff like I just I mean there'd be times where I'd walk into parties I swear to god I would come home from work because I worked at Steak and Shake um I worked at Gold's Gym because I wanted to be a trainer um I was like the janitor type dude and I come home to the my buddy's house that I was living at and there would be people there's this one night I'll never forget this night this is like one of the nights that probably changed my life forever um Cause I love the lifestyle. I was the only one working, bro. I had my life. I, I was driving to school as eighth grader. Cause I was older than everybody. So I had the car. I was the athlete. I was strong, whatever. Everybody loved me. Um, cocky. So anyways, I, um, I get off work. I come home. My, my boy texts me. He's like, yo, there's like 60 people at the house. We're getting crazy. I was like, all right, cool. I pull up to the house cars everywhere. I walk to the back door. I slide open the sliding glass door and their lights are off. I'm like, 
the fuck is going on? No music, no nothing. I turn the lights on. There's literally like 60 people knocked out, like heroin, like this. I, I, I couldn't even like walk. There was so many people just like completely just out of it. Either they were, you know, no one was dead. But and then I, my brother, he actually wow. had told me he was at this party. So I'm just pushing people, like moving them, you know, and I find I grab I grabbed him and I put him in the car. Um, and I told him, I'm like, dude, this is it. This is like, you can't live this way. Like you're going to die. I don't care about any of these other people. They're not my friends. I don't care about none of these girls. I care about you, dude. I was like, we got to do something different. And I was like, you need to go. I, I, cause I live six houses. My dad's house was six houses up from this kid's, this kid's house that I was living at. So I drove him to the house, knocked on my, I told my dad, I'm like, take, take him, put him in whatever. I'm like, he's, 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 he's messed up again on heroin. And, um, he went into um, rehab for a little bit and then he got out of rehab um, and I went to all his AA meetings, man. I honestly, I, I'm a real talk. I, uh, I was taking juice, obviously. And I, I literally was like, look, dude, I was working at Gold's Gym. After that moment, I got a, a job at Gold's Gym. I would work from 5 a.m. to um, probably like 8 a.m. Then I would go to school. Then I had half days because my principal was cool with me and he knew I had to work. Then I would get off, go to Steak and Shake, work there till like four, then go to the gym and train. And I always told my brother, I'm like, yo, meet me at the gym every day. I'm going to get you addicted to something else. And I started giving him some of my, my, my steroids. I'm like, dude, this isn't going to kill you. Uh, Whatever, you know, um, your mom could be mad at me. I don't care. This is going to save your life. And, um, it was, I got invited to, um, this was like years later, he was doing good for a couple of years. Um, I got invited to, I may have told you this, um, to the Olympia. Um, I was like the youngest kid ever to get invited. And I had told him, I'm like, yo, if you can stay clean to this, I'll, I'll fly you out there, whatever. So this is a crazy story too. Um, my dad had called me on a Friday, Friday night, or no, I'm sorry. My stepbrother had called me. It was like 3 AM. He always called me. Usually I'd answer like, yeah, the door's open, bro. Whenever he would think he's going to do something crazy. Anyways, he called me. I didn't answer. Called me, didn't answer. Long story short, my dad calls me the next morning. He's like, yeah, man, your brother was found in a gas station, needle in his arm. Kids left. The kids left him. They, they had footage of kids pulling up. My brother grabbing drugs, going in the bathroom. After like two hours, they see one girl walk into the bathroom, go into the bathroom, and then run out, and they all leave. Um, and he had, he had passed away. This? Yeah. Cause the, um, the gas station. So, and then they didn't even, when they ran out, they didn't even tell the, um, the, cl- the lady, the clerk, when she was cleaning the bathrooms, this was hours later, bro. Found my brother laid out needle in his arm. By then he was already gone. And, um, that was, he was clean. Like we were getting, so that was Friday. Me, my dad and my brother were leaving the next Tuesday to go to Vegas for my first Olympia, um, powerlifting competition. Mm. Uh, but that was, that was it. You know, um, that was my, my first time meeting Ed Cohn. And, um, I actually wasn't going to go because I, dude, it was Monday funeral funeral was, um, funeral was Monday. And then they, uh, the wake was Tuesday. Me and my dad were flying out to, to Vegas. And I was like, yo, Wednesday, I had to compete on Friday. I'm like, dad, there's no way I can do it. And he's like, man, you just, this is that moment where, uh, you gotta, you gotta fight. And, um, you know, he would want you to do this. So let's just go, you know, 
even if you do terrible, let's go, man. And um, it was crazy because like how I mean, sorry, jump in for one sec, but um, okay. First off, I, I I do understand though because sometimes when something overwhelming that you can't even wrap your head around, staying busy and just trying to keep moving because if you if you don't stop moving, it's gonna hit you. I understand that, but how um when you show up there dealing with all of that. Like, did it even compute and sink in yet? Or it's not even real yet. It's not, it's too soon. It's not real. He's not gone yet. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't real yet until we actually went, I weighed in and then I squatted, I, I benched, whatever I did. Okay. And then it came to the deadlifts and there was this, I don't know if you know this dude, probably not. Cause he's, he's been in jail for some time. Chris Pepion. Have you ever heard of that name? Uh, the name rings a bell. Okay. Um, anyway, so you know who Steve Dennison is, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so before, so this is at the Olympia, the expo. I'm probably like 22, maybe 23, can't really remember. Um, I, I have my headphones in and I'm just like, all right, it's deadlift time. I'm, I'm well known for my deadlift, whatever. At the time, my best deadlift was 672. I was like, at this, during prep, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull 700 for the first time in single ply. So I get, my dad taps me. I'm in the warm up room. My dad taps me and he, he tells me, come up to the platform they're calling your name and my brother actually had made these shirts stop heroin um probably to be honest with you to buy his drugs but you know he sold shirts called stop heroin and um so I actually wore it on the platform people were looking at me like what is this what is this kid he's wearing a stop heroin it was bright orange I had a bright pink katana titan suit so I stuck out anyways I'm on they call me up to the stage Chris Pepion gets on the, the, this is at the Olympia, bro. I'm a kid, 22 years old. Chris Pepion gets on and he's like, cause everybody knew that my brother had passed away. I was about to ask uh, that, but okay. Chris Pepion gets on the mic and he said, Hey guys, um, you know, Michael Marino, he's been here killing it all day. Um, he's battling Al Kasla, who was at the point at the time, world record holder in single ply at 181. Like this dude was like 38. I'm like 22, whatever. We're going back to back, whatever. Anyways, um, you know, he just lost his brother last week. We want to, you know, just sorry and da, 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 and we're going to put our heads down for an entire minute. And Jesus. everyone like it was, you know, this was just the platform, the powerlifting area and everyone, you know, um, put their heads down. And um, at that point is when like, I'm up on stage, like, dude, I, I can't cry. I'm, I'm a kid. I got my power lifter. Like I just, just hold it back. And, um, I don't know, something just hit me. And, um, that's when I, I was kind of in love with powerlifting, but it was like, I'm just kind of good at it. So, um, I had put my headphones back in. I went and then back to the platform as I'm warming up, Ed Cohn comes up to me. I had no idea who he was. This is how like irrelevant powerlifting was to me at the time. Right. Tells me he's sorry. He's looking at my warmups. He's like, what do you open up with? I'm like, uh, 606. He's like, Oh, okay, cool. Just like this, cool, shakes my hand, walks away. My dad's like, hey, you know who that was? I was like, no. He's like, that was Ed Cohn. I was like, oh, okay. And my dad's like, no, 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 that was, that's like Michael Jordan, powerlifting. I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me? Da, 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 da. Anyways, so I go up, I pull my opener, um, 606, murder it. And then the guy that was coaching me at the time, um, he was like, his name's Putt Houston. He was like, um, all right, we're, we're going to go 672. We're really behind because this dude out squatted me by a lot. So I pulled 672 for a PR. And then he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, what do you want to do? 
you want to try to win or, or you want to try to break 700 and, and lose, but you pulled 700. And I said, um, I just looked at him and I said, man, like, honestly, I don't think I could pull 700 right now, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't come here to lose, dude. I don't care what you got to do. I don't care if it's 800 pounds, put it on the bar. So, and I, and I just put my headphones in. He's like, I got you. Walks away. Oh 760 God. pounds. So I go what? from six. What? I go from six. You need six dude. 700. Yes. <laughs> I go from 672. And at the, that was a PR at the, at that, oh at that, week. that was a PR. God. So, oh no, it was 655. Um, which at the time would have been like the fifth best deadlift ever done. Like Ed Cohn, Mike Bridges, Gene Bell, all these goats, real goats. Um, and uh, I, I, he, they didn't even, they, uh, my coach was like, Hey, announcer guy, don't announce the weight. Let's just let him pull. <laughs> I get up there. I smoke it off the ground and I just kind of give a little whoop, like a little hitch kind of thing. Yeah. And then I lock it out and I'm just, I do that at that moment. I just start, I heard him yell seven fifty-five, and I start bawling. Cause I knew I missed the weight. I'm holding it like tearing up. I drop it and I just, that was for the win. Um, and yeah, dude, I don't know how that happened, bro. But a- after that moment, I put the bar down. I went back. Ed Cohn came back up to me and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I know like this, there's just a lot going on. And he gave me a hug and he gave me his phone number. Cause I was from St. Louis. He lived in Chicago. He's like, look, I think you could pull 800 pounds. Let me help you. Um, and then from there, like the next meet I smoked, uh, he helped me and I smoked 670, 677 which put me at like the third all-time highest deadlift of all time and then from there it just kept going up and then um that's that's insane though it it shows you 755 that being so much more than you've ever pulled like it sounded ridiculous when they ask you do you want 700 or do you want the win and i'm thinking maybe and you're like i don't think i have 700 but let's go for the win and it's 755 dude that should be that's a that's crazy that just goes to show you sometimes science like the human will is phenomenal when it's back to the wall the motivation like that the human will it it is beyond the science what you it's like the mother who picks the car up off her child right we've heard those stories yeah it's not crazy that's what i love about powerlifting where it's like the nominations be damned you don't know what everybody's background story is when they hit the platform you don't know you don't know what they're Never. bringing to the table, how bad they want it. And when they load up something crazy on the deadlift, that's when magic happens. That's why it's like, we've had this conversation, me and you, we'll get to it in a second. I want to continue on the path we're talking, but we've had this conversation, me and you in DMs talking about how show up head to head, let magic happen. Don't go after numbers, just arbitrary numbers when so-and-so is not there. It's a sport. Yeah. That's when magic happens. When you go head to head, you need to pull, compete, pull for the win. Whatever you get Dude. pushed, you get pushed into. You wouldn't have done this if you did. If that guy wasn't there pushing you, it's like, well, this is what no. we need for the win. Well, that's when magic happens. That's when Michael Jordan of of powerlifting. That's when Jordan isn't going to make those shots, game winning shots, unless he has to. It's Dude. like, oh, the magic's on now. You yeah. know, and um, I love stories like this. It's it's, and and that's honestly, dude, that's what's bringing me like, fast forward to 2020. And here I am like, probably at, I mean, 100% at my strongest I've ever been, but it's like, no, like, I I don't really get pushed by seeing the the numbers and the records getting like, just stupid. 
Um, I think it's just because like knowing that it was taken away from me and it can be taken away again at any time. Mm. So like people always ask me like, cause dude, I'm, I, I shouldn't be lifting. I have no cart. Like, let me just tell you about my surgeries. Like they weren't like, yeah, Oh, MCL, ACL, like, like, no, dude, I had, when they went in, the guy came out and was like, first off when he, he was like, Oh, we're just going to, after the MRI, he's like, we're just going to take care of your, your, sorry, I keep doing my hands. You're just going to take care of your, um, your meniscus. Okay, cool. This dude came out with like a list of like 10 things that he did. And he's like, yeah, dude, um, your cartilage is gone. We, we removed it. Your, your meniscus is gone. Um, we did a, we did a surgery called the micro fracture, which is hit or miss. He's like 50% chance of, um, it working or not. What they do is they just, he said, so let me show you. Yeah. I'm going to show you exactly. And you know what, what my I think, knee look. I think your hands were fine. I think someone else was in the room and that's what it's because it's quiet now. Oh, that was Steph. Okay, sorry. Okay, so, no, so you're could, good. You can use your hands. Let's talk with our hands. Oh, thank God, dude. I, I, so, <laughs> I know. So think of I'm this. Like, this is this is what so he he literally came in and he was like, All right, he grabbed a piece of paper and he's like, Oh, see how that's smooth? That's what cartilage is supposed to look like, right? This is what yours looks like, and it's that's why yeah. you, you can't move. So what they did was, is they just went in and shaved my bone, like smoothed it out. And then they drilled holes in it. And that's with the micro fracture, which is supposed to create blood flow to create new cartilage. He's like, some studies say it works. Some studies say it don't. That took me so long to come back to, because I couldn't, I couldn't get under, like my knees just, they weren't functioning. Like I couldn't mm. get under a load without them hurting, dude. It just still to this day, dude, I'm bone on bone. Like they told me. So when I got out of the, and I know this story is like, everyone says it. Oh, I had surgery. And the doctor told me I shouldn't be lifting. He didn't tell me I shouldn't be lifting. He told me there was no way I could. So it was a little bit different. It wasn't like you shouldn't do it, dude, because he said, and this is like a, one of the best sports doctors in Las Vegas. Um, he said, you won't be able to. There's no way you're not going to be able to run your bone on bone. You, you have the worst knee cartilage damage I've seen on 60, 60 year old men. You're oh. going to need a, you're going to need double, um, cause same doctor did both of them. You're going to need double knee replacements by the time you're 45. Even if you don't lift, he just said, it, it's just something you can't do. And I would just looked at him and I said, okay, watch me. And, um, that's what took me so long, dude. It wasn't like the recovery, um, it was just, it hurt so bad. Like the bone on bone, just every time I would move or, I mean, still to this day, like I can't, if you watch me walk, I don't bend my knees, dude. I'm like locked out at all times. I can, but I can get into a sumo stance and I could squat and that's all I care about. And, um, and I could bench. And, uh, so it wasn't like, it was just insane to know. So fast forward again, 2020. And I'm like, you know, I just pulled, I mean, I'm, I'm doing numbers that I were, I wasn't doing in single ply dude. And, um, I think it's just because of the fact that when you could take it from me and not beat me for it, that's what like, okay, I get it. When you look at the number charts, dude, I'm at 1802. Like my, my numbers aren't, I mean, there's kids in 165 that could do it, but, um, instead of like, when I, you can take it from me without me actually putting in all my effort is totally different than you just beating me. If you're better than me, you're better than me. I'll shake your hand, dude. You're the best ever. But knowing that I can push 
and I'm the best I've ever been when I shouldn't be, when I'm told you can't is like one of the things that's like, dude, it's, I mean, I've been told that my whole life. Like I was, as soon as I got done with no football, it was like, dude, you're not going to be successful. Like you, you were going to go to college. You're going to do all this. And I was like, you know, I've been depressed. I've been a depressed person for a really long time, but I always knew like the things that I learned in weightlifting in my body, it always taught me how to just keep, keep fucking going, dude. And, um, don't let, dude, don't let anyone tell you. That's why I come off so cocky, bro, is because people, you want to take this from me, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like right now I'm at my best I've ever been and I'm doing the, the hybrid showdown in February. And last year I did it and I took second overall. Some kid beat me by like two Wilk points. No one, like no one even was talking about me doing this. Like I wasn't even going to do it. Like, okay, Michael Marino's doing it. Cool. Whatever. I mean, I totaled 1802, but it was enough to come second. The kid beat me by two Wilks, which eh, I could have pulled more, but he was a heavier guy. So he pulled later. Steffi actually gave out Steffi and Hayden and uh, Alex, they gave out awards. So it was like, cause she won her, cause they were giving out cash. She won her, um, obviously <laughs> she won. This is when she cut the 114 and broke the 114 world record. She won the money. So she turned around and got on the mic and was like, hey, I'm going to donate some of the money to people I thought that were impressive. Oh. And it was Jamal who pulled 970. He got some money. And then out of nowhere, I'm just sitting there, bro. Like, whatever. I mean, they're cool to us. They're friends. And all of a sudden she's like, Mike and Marino. I was like, what? What I do? And she's, I was like, my total, like, it wasn't even, I was a 551 Wilkes. And she was like, you know, this kid, um, I've been watching him on, you know, Instagram and he, we, cause I, I reached out to her, dude. I wasn't scared. Um, you tell me to fuck off. I don't care, but she helped me. And, um, she was like, yo, this kid's been battling ju just, just to get under a squat bar. Like I remember five months ago, he couldn't even 135 was hurting him on the squat. He came in squat 633 bench 435 and pulled 733. So to me, that was, um, you know, impressive and it, it, it earns my respect. So uh, that was like something crazy to me. And I was like, man, so now like when I'm training, like today, like I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to lose. And if I do lose, it's because someone was better than me because, and that's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out. Cause this, this may be real talk. My last meet I do because I'm just so busy with my business, my, my gym. Like there's so many things like I'm hosting meets, I'm hosting events. Like there's so many, like, I'm the kind of guy, if, if, if I put, if, if I'm going to do something, everything else is like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about, you know what I mean? So, um, it's hard for me to do two things at once is what I'm trying to say. Um, mm. I want to give a hundred percent. So I, I, I'm just like, yo, I have a plan. And if I, if I lose, I'm going to lose because someone's better than me. It's not because I had a bad day and I'm so confident to say that it's because I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be here, but I am because I can't be stopped. Like, and I don't want to say that people, I don't want to say I can't be stopped because like, I'm not strong enough and people are better than me. It's because I've been pushed down so many times. I'm going to get up, dude. Like I, I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep coming. You know what I mean? Like whatever. I don't care. You know? So, so when you, wh who are you hoping? Cause you, so you're going to target the hybrid. Um, yeah. Are you hoping the top 181s, 82.5 kilo lifters show up? Cause I see yes. you try to be 
I did tag people and, and I, did, I, I, I reached out to a bunch of people and I'm like, yo, let's, let's try to make this happen, man. Like, I know it comes to money. So I'm like, yo, you know, if we need to do some, I'll do a freaking donation for my own clothing line to help provide, to get some of these cats here, you know, but um, I mean, the meat's already sold out. Honestly, the meat sold out in like two days. Um, I don't know who's on it. Um, and I also know the Kern is like a month later. So I know like people are probably going to do that. But um, for me, it's, man, I, I'm about, I have this thing in my head by athletes for athletes are the funnest meets to do. Like when I went to the showdown last year, Oh my God, it was so crazy. Like just first off their gym's amazing hands out, probably the nicest gym I've been in for sure. Um, everything matches. It's just, it looks like a college university. You know what I mean? Like it's stupid. Um, but just the vibe of like, them on the microphone, picking the music. Like you can feel that um, I've been, and, and this is what I think like is weird with powerlifting is you go to some meets and it's just like another day job, um, you know, unless it's like IPF, that's a whole different story. Um, they, they, they hands down do the best meets like the, the, the um, what is it? Nationals is the prime time dude is, is the best is the smartest thing I've seen because you don't, I, I watch it and I don't really care about, you know, not that I don't care, but I don't, I don't even know about the USAPL, but, um, it's the cool, it's, it's, it's worth watching. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The live stream is like fucking watching Monday night football. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just the compete. And that's what like, I want, dude, I want to get beat, you know? Um, but to answer your question, I, I honestly don't think, um, I think that it's, it's going to be, I'll probably be my, like, I have no idea. Um, I know the 104 Avenger, he's doing it. He just totaled, uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he just totaled like 1879 in sleeves at 181. Strong kid. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. I would have to check. I'd have to pull him up on Instagram to see him, but probably. He's the one kid that at one meet, he, he painted his face as the Joker. Oh, wow. <laughs> he actually bombed out of that meet, but, um, He's strong, dude, but he's doing it in sleeves. Like I was trying to like, yo, do, do it in wraps. Cause you're, I mean, dude, you could probably go 2k and like, that would be awesome to go head to head. Um, but he, he said, he's going to try to go 2k in sleeves. So he's, he literally told me that he told John hack that in 2020, he's taking John hacks record at 181. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I was like, that's okay. biting off a lot. I know dude. John <laughs> hack is stupid. stupid so, bro. so when you were, when you were, on the sidelines building your business and at some point you had to come to terms with the fact that okay i don't know like you you told yourself at some point this is not going to happen and and you went in and, and look at if things happen for a reason you blew up with, with your clothing line the gym all your businesses and only by letting go like you said if you if you can fix your focus on something it's so much easier so when you let go completely of being a competitor, moved into the business side, so you're a coach, a business owner for apparel, gym, and you killed it in that respect. At what point did it turn back around and you decided, holy shit, I think, like, did you just one day be like, because once you've already turned the corner and you decided I'm no longer an athlete, when yeah. did it turn back around? You're like, you tell Steph, hey, you're going you're gonna to call me crazy, but 
Yeah. Do you think I could do another run? This is like Rocky when he's trying, but he's telling you, yeah, I think I got another run in me. And they're like, what do you mean? Hey, you, you got two hey, knees, yeah. two pecs, like all blown out. What do you mean? How did that happen? Did it just, when you've already turned the corner on? No, I don't think that it ever, even like for me as, as being an, a competitive athlete, not just an athlete, like every sport I've ever did, if I wasn't the best, I don't like you because you're better than me. Like I was that kid, um, sore loser, whatever. I think I'm a, I'm a little better now, but anyways, it was, even though it was like, okay, I'm coaching people. I'm doing great. Everything's good. In the back of my head, it was still like, I was still trying. Like, it wasn't like, all right, fuck F it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any more rehab through that whole process. I was still trying to figure out a way to get better. So, and then finally it was, dude, when I called, when I, when I reached out to, I'm talking years of trying to rehab. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'll try this week. I'll try next week. Like we were trying everything in the book. And then it was finally like, all right, whatever. I'm going to reach out to Scott university and Steffi. It was like within weeks, I was like pulling 660 squatting over 500. I was like, Whoa, okay. I'm kind of scared, but soon as it clicked, it was like, all right, I'm doing it. I signed up for the hybrid showdown. Like like seven months before, like I couldn't even, couldn't even squat like 135 without pain. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Eh, if I'm, if I'm good, I'll show up, whatever. Worst case, I'll just lose some money, whatever. Uh, it did, uh, I just, it was with, I promise it was these, they gave me like four exercises, bro. And I look at the paper. I'm like, that ain't going to work. And, uh, within like weeks. So one of the exercises was like, um, have you ever heard of a pistol or a pistol squat? Probably. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, okay, get on a box and try to do a pistol squat, squat and touch your, try to do like a pistol squat and touch your other foot to the ground. Start with two inches. Week one, day one, couldn't do it without knee pain. By week three, I was at a whole foot all the way down doing like reps of 10, quads were blowing up and my muscles just weren't, they weren't activating. Like that's literally all it was. And it was just pulling on my knee like every time because Literally, my quad was smaller than my arm at one point. Um, oh it just goodness. wouldn't it wouldn't even work. And that was when Steffi and the, uh, Squat University, because they're just that's what they do. They know that anatomy. And they're like, yep. They looked at my body and they were like, dude, when you squat, your one quad just does this and it does nothing. So they just they literally just figured out how to get my muscles activating. And then it was like, I just deadlifted 660 and I sent it. I was like, I swear I pulled like 660 something. So the squad university and stuff. They're like, what the fuck? Like you just three weeks ago, you couldn't even touch down. They're like, dude, chill out, chill out. And I'm like, Oh, I'm listening to my body. And then it was like, Oh wow. I just squatted 600. Oh, Oh wow. I'm at a meet squatting 633. I just pulled uh, 733. And then like, I pulled 733 so easy at the meet. I went back home. And then that next Saturday, I was like, dude, I'm pulling 340 kilos. I'm loading up 750 in the gym. I don't care. I'm pulling it. And then I pulled it. And then uh, from there, I just kept getting better and better. And then uh, I've been, I've been, uh, Stan Everding's one of my good friends too. And he um, has been helping with my nutrition. And he's like, all right, man, you know, cause I didn't really cut much to my last meet. And you, you know how it is, man. You see these cats, the cutting is gotten insane. So, and it's just a part of the sport. Like even Garrett Fear said, which hands down, um, he, that dude's, that dude's a, a, a cool dude. Um, I love his story because of the, what he's been through. We have a lot in common and um, I can feel 
how a lot of people bash on and I can see it, but I'm kind of the same way because I'm not scared to say what I got to say. So a lot of people don't like me because I'm like, like, dude, I have, look at that F humble tatted on my arm because that's just what has helped me become who I am because I don't care. I'm here to get better for me. And, and um, so I can really relate to that dude. Um, and when I, and he's just funny too. So, um, but yeah, anyways, so it's just, uh, I don't even know where I was going. Actually, I got, we're talking, about, we're talking about the, um, after the hybrid, how the momentum never stopped for you. And you were like more, more. And yes. it became like, I guess I'm back. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and then there was one moment it was like, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. So too, um, I just did, I just did the meet. I'm um, so my goal was, all right, I just, I just did a meet. Uh, I just got my feet wet, boss of bosses. And then the Kratos um, in uh, um, that stuff he's doing, I'm doing three meets this year. I'm just going to keep going. I'm having fun. It's helping my, it's helping the business. I'm back. I'm loving it. COVID hits. Oh my God. I can't compete. What the heck? So then Kern got moved. I was like, all right, well, I'll sign up for that. They let me in. Then it got canceled. So I'm like, oh my God, here I am. <laughs> I've been battling for five years to just get healthy. Now there ain't no meets to do. So, um, <laughs> And then we were like, screw it, let's open a gym. And then as soon as you open your own gym and you just feel that like, I can't even explain that feeling of like being in your own, your own space with your own, I bought this bar, I bought this rack. Everything in our gym is custom made. It's got our logos all over it. Um, so it's just like, we turn on our own music. There's no, like, it's, it's what we built. So man, I just, I think that's it. That's it helped me just that momentum. And I just, I kept going, I kept going. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's like, okay, well now I want to pull 770. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you, it looks like, honestly, there's no end to what you're going to be end up pulling. I mean, it's just every single week you came on, you're pulling more and more weight. So that, yeah, it's a shame that there was no competitions around, but with, so Joe Sullivan was on and he was talking about, he was prepping for their showdown and he was talking about, he had just got in as a gym owner as well. And yeah. he said the, it's, it's an amazing thing, but at the same time, it's stress, good stress. But he's like, you're not working nine to five. Here's the pleasure of it. You're working for yourself. Here's the part, yeah. the, the tough part. Your job's never over. Oh, dude, never between that. That's why I, I, so when the clothing line took off in the gym, I had to literally, like I was 10, you know, 10, 12,000 athletes. Now I don't even accept athletes. I have 30 athletes. I don't go over that. If one leaves, I'll, I'll pick up another one just because I have athletes all over the world. My phone never stops blowing up. The clothing line never stops. And I'm doing the screen printing. Stephanie's doing the packaging and packaging labeling. I'm signing up memberships. I'm, you know, it's, it doesn't stop. You know, there's people always say, Oh, be your own boss. You know that it's, it's, I mean, trust me, dude, it's the greatest feeling, but at the same time, if there's no, there's no, okay. So like for my dad, he works a nine to five job when he gets off at five works done, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I, when I go home, I'm, and I'm a hustler. So it's like, Hey man, Oh my God. I, we only sold this many shirts today. Let me get on social media and, and send out this and email this and do this. It, it doesn't from the moment I wake up, even out, dude, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what? Our sales are sucking. I'll send out some DMS. I don't care. I'll, I mean, this is, I mean, I, for me, it's like, um, I feel so blessed. So like, I'm going to go in 130% because I have been told that I shouldn't be doing this. And now that I am doing this, 
I'm not stopping. You know what I mean? Cause at any time this can be taken away, you know, that's, that's the way, I mean, with social media now, like at any time, especially going on right now, like at any time this could be taken away, especially with my knees, bro. Like anytime tomorrow, I mean, even today, you know, I, I go in every workout, I go into every workout being like, I'll, I'll joke around and be like, uh, today, today could be the day where <laughs> there goes my knee again. I joke about it. So it's like, people like, don't say that. I'm like, whatever. I accept the fact I've been there before, whatever. I'll, I'll get yeah. another surgery and try to come back. <laughs> is it, is it kind of, do you feel like you were on borrowed time at this point And you're like, whatever I get done in this second run is just icing on that cake. Like you're, you're like, I shouldn't even be here. You know, every, if I make it to this meet, the hardest part is over. Like when you get underneath the bar, is it on, or you're about to pull, is it on your mind or maybe even bench? I guess you don't have an event that you haven't been seriously injured. Cause even when you bench, you blow both pecs. Is yeah. it, is it, um, do you get gun shy if it starts getting crazy or, or, or are you just like, you know what? I'm, I'm at a point now or whatever's going to happen. It's going to happen. This is out of my hands. <laughs> I, like I said, dude, I'll, I'll be going up to the bar. Um, like I, I benched five twelve or five ten or whatever. And as I was walking up to the bar, I said, Oh, today could be the day. And like I tell the spot, I'm like, hey man, be careful. Today might be the day where something crazy goes on. Or like I'll be, you know, walking up to the squat rack and I'm like, hey, I'm just warning you. Like literally Steph talks about it all the time. Every time I go to to lift, she's like scary. <laughs> like she, she doesn't know this could be the moment where something goes excuse me, something, something happened. So I, I kind of just joke about it. And, um, I think because powerlifting, when I was a kid, like that's all I had, dude, I was poor. I, I didn't have anything. I had lifting weights, you know, I was breaking state records, traveling, doing, you know, sponsor. I was sponsored by first form. I was the cool kid only when I was in the gym. So now it's like, I've created a brand, we've created a gym. So it's like powerlifting has finally, become fun to me you know what I mean I'm competitive I don't want to lose but now it's like at the end of the day I'm not gonna like if I get if I lose okay I still have everything I have I just feel like maybe I appreciate the the opportunity that I get every time that I get to train you know what I mean yeah you don't don't, take it for granted now you can't exactly and maybe and maybe I felt like I had to be so good because I broke records and then it was like what are you going to pull? Every time I went to a meet, what are you going to pull? You're going to pull 800? You're going to pull it? I'm like, oh my God, I just, I just want to lift. Like, I want to have fun. I like that though. I like being under, like, that's why I want to compete. I feel like if I could have seven cats that are better than me, I'm going to total my best total that day, whether they, whether I come in seventh or first. Um, and that's fun, dude. It's fun. You know, it's hard to go. Like I tried to deadlift 800 for like three years and it was like, I'm trying to beat a record that Ed Cohn did. 20 years ago there's it's not fun you know like like i feel bad for john hack you know what i mean do, you do, you find, do if you can fit do you think that is probably the single biggest issue in terms of powerlifting lately we, we've had some competitions not with covid but before covid really um where they can actually start bringing the competition into one comp where, where people aren't going after records because in, in the honest to god truth like i i I repost powerlifting every single day, whether it's yeah. tested, untested, men's, women's. I mean, there's so many people all over the world. You can't know everybody constantly, but the amount of powerlifting I see, right? And even I couldn't tell you the records in every division, 
tested, untested, men's what there's so many records, right? Even if we're just doing all time. So for a fan, the only thing you could really wrap your head around is if there's a competition, this guy showing up, the, these all these guys in the weight class, and we're gonna see a head-to-head. Do you think only when we started, because obviously in the in the in the tested in the IPF, you have raw nationals, then you go to the world championships. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Everybody in the world is going to be there who's the best in the world. Whereas yeah. the untested for a little while, sort of having people cherry pick it. I'm going to go for oh, the Wilkes. I'm going to go for the Wilkes, but I don't want no one else to be there. So the Wilkes won't change while I'm there. Whereas Steffi, for instance, she'll go for the Wilkes when Marianne, I guess, Ryan was there. Cause she was like, if Marianne can it. take it from me, yeah, that, that was beautiful. And, and she was like, if Marianne can take this from me, let her take it from me then. She deserves yeah. it. But I don't, I don't. I could go a few weeks before no one else is there, but that's not a sport, you know, like, and I respect breaking records because it means like, I, it's big, but it isn't quite a showdown. Is it? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, I don't know. I tell people this all the time. Like when I host events, um, like we'll host non-sanctioned meets because I can host it how I want to host it. Fog, smoke, DJ, like you're just getting, so it's almost like, WWE and you get that moment. And then if you could have it like a fight night where it's like, all right, in the 181 division, you have blah, 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 going versus blah, blah, blah. And then you have it, dude, if, if there was a way, and I think that would get more spectators involved to watch it. If it was like you had showdowns where it was like Yuri Belkin's going versus, let's say if John Hack bumped up to 220, they're, mm-hmm. they're the main card. Okay. Well then who's 181 or whatever. And, and you didn't have a flight, like, the problem is, is there's no one wants to go and sit at a, an eight hour meet. You know what I mean? Like that's why prime time is cool. Cause it's fast. It's over. Right. You know what I mean? It's at nighttime. It's cool. Like, I mean, I, I don't ever see this happening, but like, it would be so awesome to be like, um, let's, let's host an event where we have 20 lifters and it's two 148ers all the way up. And then you have the men's class and then the women's class, but they're just battling. It's almost like a fight. Oh man, that would, dude, I, I would, I would pay 120 to go see that. You yeah. know what I mean? If it was all killer, no filler, nothing but battles all the way down for sure. If you had hack yeah. Belkin, Mariana Steffi rematch, and you started doing all the way down like that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. This is what we need as opposed to you're right in terms of the packaging. I think the U S raw nationals for the USAPL, they, it was a beautiful idea when they decided let's do prime time. Cause they, they got over a thousand lifters. So they're like, that's insane. Yeah. You can't package that. No one's going to sit through that at all. Like you said, eight hours, no one's going to, no one's going to do that. So they said, we're going to make a prime time and and see what happens. Kicked it around the first year. It ran a little later and they wanted, I mean, there's some, you know, trial and error involved, but when they started that thing clicking and it became all of the top end men and women who you saw the battles, you saw the battles that you wanted. Oh, dude, I watched. Life. Yeah, 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 exactly. See, there you go. There you go. Um, do you, we had that with the U.S. Kern. Do you think we're going to see that again in the untested? The showdown came close and they and they did a good job, but COVID beat the hell out of the roster. They still had some world record holders. You got the biggest of the big dogs with Dan Bell. You got a goat candidate in John Hack. We had Marianne Gaspar Ryan, the Wilkes Queen. We had an up and coming. Um, Wilkes Queen possibly with um, Hunter Henderson. So they had some big names. It just wasn't, they lost Belkin. They had Belkin. It would have been, yeah. it could have been absolutely that stupid. It would have, it would have just been bonkers, man. But COVID yeah. game, Belkin, if Belkin and Hack went toe to toe, they were about to. 
That would have been. That would. That would have been. I, I, it. I would have paid for the live stream. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing: is the current. What was it? Maybe the first year or the second year. They charged for the live stream, and it was garbage. Yeah. Like I would have paid for the USAPL nationals. Like I, dude, it was like, it wasn't like a tripod sitting there live streaming. It was like. And I know like how intense it is and the cost to have a live stream is, is to oh, have so it like roll. Oh, I yeah, bet it's crazy. When they do I that, well, the IPF worlds. Um, so I'm on that media team and they do, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say them. It's, 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 it's thousands of, they have a yeah. TV crew. They have like six different cameras, slow-mo replay, obviously commentators. Um, and they have a guy, a producer who does live television mixing between the different camera angles and then bumping into the slow-mo replays. Like it's a, it's a full-on TV production crew. And that's what they do. They do. So that's obviously what they do U.S. Raw Nationals. If you did that, so if you're going to charge money to the point you're saying, it has to be that. It can't, it be, it can't be a tripod. It can't, it can't be it can't a camera be a tripod. tripod dude. No. It needs to be in the warm-up room. It needs to be like catching freaking, like, dude, watching pay-per-view uh, MMA, you know, like right. I'd yeah. pay for that, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Some storyline, you know, wh wh like you coming back, you could say, well, here's Michael Marino. He had two knees blown out, two pecs blown up, blah, blah, blah. Started making a comeback last year and here he is. And they, they get the storyline. So I'm now emotionally invested in you now. Whereas before someone watching, you assume that nobody knows who this person is. And then yeah. um, pe people hate it when I, because they say I bring up that I do the IPF commentary every episode, which I probably do, but whatever, it's powerlifting. But that's what I try to do when I'm commentating because I know you are going to care more if you know a little bit about the person. And because of King yeah. of Lifts, I fucking repost. I see everybody's posts every day. So if someone has yeah. a story, I probably know about it. So I'm saying whatever possible, here's so-and-so and here's a little bit. So when you're watching and you're just watching the 57 kilo women, you're like, all right, at least who's this? Who's that? Okay, I'm going to root for the Estonian because she just, you know, whatever people just lost their brother, whatever happens. Yeah. Like, I'm emotionally invested. I want to see that last like a TV show, dude. Right. You know, when you watch TV, you're like, I know that person. I've never talked to him in their life, but right. I, man, I, The Walking Dead, man, I know Rick. Yeah, right. I know if I saw him one time, I'd be like, yo, what up, man? He he would know who I am, but you know, right. like, yeah, no, dude, I, buy in. I love that. I love that. And I think that, and, and the thing is, is I, sometimes I like, I get so frustrated and so mad. Cause it's like, I've been in powerlifting so long before some of these cats even knew what powerlifting is. And I've just seen it change and change and change. It's changed for the better for sure. But I just think that, um, Man, it's there's so many meats. I think there should be two meats. Well, two big meats. ones, two big ones, like two, like two, on the and the untested. There should be a sleeved, and a not and an untested or in a, a, a wraps. And I think I'm going to tell you this: there was going to be an awesome meet last year, but COVID screwed that up. Um, with Steffi and Hayden, um, oh yeah, they they had uh, personally sent me the the video of the complex and all that, and it was going to do. They, and they were talking about what the, some of the things that we're going to be doing, talking about making, you know, um, athletes like us feel like pros or whatever, like those, I, I can guarantee, like if, if as long as COVID and all that, like next year or the year before, bro, they're invested, dude. They're, they love the sport. They're, they're actually some of our really close friends and, um, they, they're awesome people. We've got to go hang out at, at their houses at the last meet, like. 
they're just they're they're really cool and they and they you can that's why i want to do their meet too because they're it's it's about because look at it dude like if i didn't power lift there's no way i'd have a clothing company i would have coached so it's like how can i as an athlete make other things fun you know so many people support me how can i make it to what i want it to be and that's by giving back you know and that's a dude i i get so hyped because like it was it was easy for me when Kern hit me up and they're like, all right, well, here's your money back or you can use it for um, next year's Kern. And, and then I had reached out to them and I'm like, yo, what are you guys doing? Are you guys hosting? And this was in like Florida was like, I don't know, like literally Alex and them were like, dude, we don't know. Because if we're going to do it, it's going to be way bigger than what it was last year. And I'm like, OK, well, I'll wait. I'll do the Kern if I have to. But if you, the moment, dude, I honestly, I was probably the first one to sign up. I'm, I'm going to, I was that nerd sitting, waiting by my phone, waiting for that text message for them to be like, like Alex, um, do you know who Alex is? He's yeah. like, uh, he's Steffi's hype man, the big oh, guy. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. I do. yes. So he uh, DM'd me and he was like, this is the moment you've been waiting for. I was like, done. Me and Steph signed up like that. Um, so, um, because that's just how exciting, you know, it is. And um they they do it man and alex gets on the mic and he's he's you know whatever whatever comes to mind he knows these athletes and dude they were chanting jamal's name before he was going to pull his uh, fourth attempt i swear to god i felt like i was in a football arena and it was like fourth and inches for the super bowl chanting his name like everybody was like ah it was it, it was dude i was standing like right next to the platform just like Dude, I probably would pull 900 right now after all this. Like, I, it was, it was crazy, dude. It was all, it was probably the coolest moment in powerlifting that I've ever saw. And then Steffi was judging. So think about that. You know, when you have, for me, it's like I want to be judged by Stan Efferding. You know, these world class athletes who are just like, like Steffi was judging Jamal's 970. Soon as she went like this, she ran up, right lights, jumped on him, hugging him, like. Holy crap. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was just a cool moment for powerlifting. It was like, dude. And now he just, this dude pulls a thousand, like it's nothing. So ridiculous. Garrett was talking about, I think Garrett was there. Was he not? And he was yeah, saying. So Garrett was, uh, Garrett was, Garrett was doing it all, dude. He was judging. He was weighing in people. Um, he's close to them too. So he, the dude's everywhere, dude. Like I had an athlete compete in freaking, I don't even know where. And he was like, yeah, Garrett handed me out. I'm like, Dude, wasn't he just in a different state last weekend? But <laughs> the dude knows his stuff, and he's always – and that's cool to see too because, uh, like, I, I really – I really like um, – why can I not think of his name? Oh, my God. I talked to him on the – his partner. Um, I just listened to your guys' podcast. Wow. Steve Gentile? St Steve, yeah. Like, we talked to – I love his story. He's quiet. But, man, that dude is, is a monster, you know? So seeing them two – uh, you know, with the backgrounds, I like to see, and I don't like want to come off as like, I like to see bad people, not bad people, but people with like, who've been in trouble or had an addiction. Like, I like to see them succeed, but more than like someone who was like, Oh, I went to Harvard and my dad owns a dealership and I got a hand into me. Like, that's cool and all too. But like having to work for something just makes it so much better. You know, like if I would have moved back in with my dad when I was 16 or 15, I don't think I'd be where I'm at or who I am today. You know what I mean? I had to really figure it out, dude. I had to pay rent, pay for my own food. 
Like literally when I was working at Steak and Shake, I would make hamburgers and throw them in a box. And then that would be my, my lunch for school because I couldn't afford lunch. Um, so you were surviving, I, man. You were literally doing everything you had to do to survive. I had to, dude. And, and I had to eat enough to, to because I, I had to lift weights. Yeah. It's, <laughs> in, it's insane that, well, I guess this would kind of prep you for the lifestyle you have to live now. Like no wonder, no wonder when you were selling cars, you were killing it because it's just Dude. instilled in you, the survival, I got to keep going. When I, so it, we had, a, it was kind of like you have a set schedule or whatever, and then you get two days off. But if you're not working, you ain't getting paid. The first year I didn't like, I didn't really take any days off. I worked besides Sunday, the dealership was closed. I would go because they say Sundays are like the busiest that the lot is because People will show up at the lot because there's no salesmen to bother you. I would like show up and like just hang out and hand out business cards. I wouldn't sell anybody. I'd just be like, yo, I'll see you tomorrow. Here's my number. Like I just, dude, I honestly, I don't even know how to change a battery. I don't know how to change oil. I knew absolutely nothing about cars, nothing. And I just, just love like people would, I would get people to that. I can relate to them and they can understand me. And I would, I talk about lifting weights and da, 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 and they talk about, you know, some of my muscles and this and that, and I would get them to like me. And then they forget about that. They're buying a car. So then like when I left, bro, I mean, there was, I mean, there, there was some really, really good money. When I left, I had to sit down. My boss was one of my closest friends and I had to sit down. I'm like, yo, I can't do this forever. I, I don't even like this. Like we're just, I mean, the car business is bad, bro. Like people are, it's, they do not dude, like talking about like, ripping my dad off making crazy money and i'm like dude you want my you want me to go tell my dad this like sure. he, he could go buy a car anywhere like you want me to go but i mean we had to do it so um yeah man so when i when i i told him i was like yo i'm done with this he's like what are you gonna do i was like i'm gonna start online coaching he was like do you know how many cars you got to or do you know how many programs you got to sell to make the money you're making i'm like yeah whatever man i <laughs> I've, I've, I've made no money before, so I don't care as long as I'm doing what I, and I was like, and to be honest, you taught me a lot of thing about sales. So let me take what I learned and go do something I actually love. 12,000 athletes later, here I am, you know what so, I mean? So it, it was just cutthroat. You mean it was just totally in terms of car sales? That's what you, it, uh, it was just, you're like, I dude, can't do this. It's almost this. Dude, it was crazy. It, it was, you would have, I worked in the hood. Um, have you ever heard that story? Um, um, let's just say I, I worked in a really, really bad neighborhood, right? Um, so literally, like, in my plaza, it was, like, dealership, quick trip down the street was, like, strip clubs. So that's literally, like, that was the life. Like, people would, as soon as they would get done, we had this thing called um, every Friday night we would get, uh, if you got someone to buy a warranty, the finance manager would give you finance cash. Um, and it could, it could be three, 400 bucks. And like all of, all of the guys would just take money and they would go to the strip club. Like it got to the point where like, I mean, I, I wouldn't like do drugs, but I, I would dude, I love the strip. I was cool with the strip club. It was cool. I had all this money. I was young. I was whatever. I was good looking. So like, that's literally like, it was crazy. And then like, still to this day, I talked to some of these people. There's two things. There's one thing that I, I forgot to tell you, but, um, Still to this day, like I'll, I'll talk to some of the old car guys and they're just like, dude, so-and-so got locked up because he was stealing, stealing car money off the top. Like he, so if you sold a car, I mean, dude, just crazy. Some of these people, I couldn't, I could never believe what they were saying. Like 
and it got to the point where I'm like, yo, I became so lying. I became so good at lying that I was disgusted. I'm like, yo, I'm making it. I got this Rolex. I got these nice shoes. I'm, you know, I got this nice car. Like, oh man, but I, I just, um, I didn't like it, and I couldn't train, dude. I would work 7 a.m., 10 a.m., selling four or five cars a day, and then I would just go out. I had nothing, you know. Uh, I still trained at like uh, Gold's Gym. And then I would deadlift like once a week and uh, I still was pretty strong, but dude, it was, it was crazy, you know? And um, this is back on it um, with the whole survivor thing. Like my dad still to this day, dude, my dad still lives in the same neighborhood, same house. And um, he would call me and he'd be like, Hey, remember um, blah, 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 lived up the street. Yeah, man. Yeah. He just died on heroin. So it's like still to this day, I'm almost 30. I still have kids I went to high school with that played football that were like honor roll, you know, 5.0 GPA, like going to who knows college diet on heroin. Like I, I at least once a month, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He just got locked up for da, da, da. Like it's insane, dude. And it's like, I, every day I'm like, yo, that for sure could have been me easily, you know? Um, or worse, I could be that phone call and, Hey, you know, you, you hear about Mike Marino told you, told you he'd be like, I, I was told when I was done playing football, like this dude's either going to be in jail. Cause I fought all the time, love to fight, um, go to parties just to fight. Um, he's either going to be dead or in jail by 30 hands down. Well, here I, I turned 30 this month. So, um, you know, so every day for me is like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm winning, man. And I just, and it's not, it's, and that's when people take me as like this cocky asshole. And it's like, I shouldn't be from what I'm told, you know what I mean? So it's just sometimes like I'm, I'm an emotional dude, bro. And that's what like, I try to put off on social media because you, social media, it helps when you play this role and you, you know, like look at some of the, if you, I mean, dude, there's some people blowing up like, dude, Steffi's almost got a million followers. Larry wheels, like these dudes, these dudes are making money and you know, it's they've created like Russ Swole, like these people, you know, uh, Pitbull, Kevin Torres, like these, these people are, are icons to people. Like people can, they love them, dude. Like they'll sit in line all day to meet a freaking, you know, not even a world record holder, dude. You know what I mean? Like, so um, it, it's for me, it came to, it was like, you know, I started getting all these crazy tattoos. I had this, I don't know, dude, I don't know if you've seen me, couple of years ago dude i had a beard down to here i dude i would get this all the time and i'm like yo i'm not him brett gibbs all the time people are like oh you look like brett gibbs i'm like dude no i'm not him i don't have an accent like no like no dude all the time bro people would say it um uh, like if if you guys reshared me once or twice i think you shared like my 500 pound bench and people were saying that in the comments i'm like oh my god um no i'm like a marina i have tat dude crazy but it's just, do you, um, do you feel like it's a reintroduction to an extent for some people who, because after you got injured and you stepped away and you were contemplating, maybe you're never coming back. The sport was blowing up and so many new people were introduced to the sport. So now it's almost like for some people who were around back then, yes, they'll be like, yeah, we, of course we know Marino, but for some of these people, they didn't know. And it's like a reintroduction. It's like you're resurfacing. Like some people are following King Lifts now or like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, cause you were gone. Has he got to meet? Right. Is he got to meet? Who's this dude. new guy? And they think you're a new guy. Dude, Is it weird? Uh, 
oh dude it's it's at first it's kind of annoying because it's like dude i've been doing meets since before you even heard of a deadlift or whatever but it's it's whatever like um you know there, there's a facebook group on usp on uh, it's called uspa facebook and there's like twenty thousand members i would post in there and people would like <laughs> they would give me these tips and i'm like yo what the heck is going on dude like you, you have like 400 pounds <laughs> and they would be like guys. like and there would be some people that would comment and be like dude this dude's been competing since like 2007 like Oh man, it's, it's just, it, it, it is, uh, it got to me at first. I'm like, I mean, ask Steph, dude, I would, oh my God, I would get so frustrated. I get, I, you know, I think one of my biggest things is like, I, I would let the little things get to me so bad, but um, I think that's gotten to me to where I am is because I just like building a house, dude. It's like one brick. Oh, oh, this, this person said this. Oh, this. So now when I'm like people like, dude, when I pulled that 816, I lost it. I don't even know what, dude, there was, okay. The week before I, I trimmed this clip. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I'll send you the video. I pulled 797 and out of nowhere, I just yell, I put it down and I just go, fuck John heck. Like, I, and, I, and I'm like, friends, dude, I, we talk like, and I just, I was like, what did I say? I rewatched the video. I was like, yep. Steph had to like edit the video. And then it was crazy because that same day, this dude posted the video pulling 830. Like, and I'm like, dude, we ain't even in the same weight class. <laughs> it's like, but I think what like in my mind is, was I pulled 795, who was like the first ever to do it. I did it in single ply. John Hack pulled 799, raw, 181. That was, so it was like, but then there was that kid that pulled 880, but it was still like, I guess in my head that always was like, he took my world record. He took my, you know, so, uh, but no, uh, yeah, I, I edited it up, but yeah. And it's just, sometimes I can't even, it's not even like I'm an, I'm angry. It's just like when I do something, like when I pulled that 816 or whatever, man, I just, I literally lost it. I was like, count me out. Like, was there, dude, there's been, dude, I was at the Kern 2017. I had this kid come up to me and he goes, Hey man, what happened? Like, what, what, I, I saw a video, you pulling like 600 and I was like, and he was like, weren't you pulling like 800? I was like, I want to watch this dude. I've seen, I posted you a couple times in, in, in those years that you were going through all these injuries. And yeah. I remember I, I knew your background story and in the comments, people sometimes would be like, weren't you, didn't you used to be able to pull this? Didn't you used to pull that? And you'd be celebrating certain milestones and this is where some people don't get where you don't know someone's background story that milestone that you see him celebrating you're like why are you celebrating that when you pulled so much more previously mm -hmm. it's because he's functioning on two blown knees two blown pecs and this is yeah. one of the steps on his way back and people don't like they lose picture of the bigger scope of things where it's I like know. try like before people comment but there's always going to be it's kind of the way it is, man. People don't oh, yeah, have man. that. If you haven't been the around sumo the sumo thing has gotten ridiculous. And well, it's, it's better than yeah. it used to be, but yeah, there was a point where oh, it was yeah. a lot worse. Now people are getting a little more powerlifting. In that sport. time, I, I know that time that you're actually talking about. Uh, I'll be honest with you, dude. I actually had to like all the powerlifting pages, which there's only really one now, because it was like you and powerlifting motivation who would repost me. Um, it, it was getting to me so bad to where like, I would, dude, I would be going with these, like, 
these people like I'm ready to let's let's boot up at outside and you know so there was times where I'm like yo I, I gotta I gotta just if they reshare me I can't read I literally had to unfollow every like all the big pages you know um all the people who I like thought were you know that might say something I was just like bro there's memes about me like ridiculous Whoa, I did really? I did dude yeah I, I have if you saw my block list it's it's insanely deep um I did a slingshot so Mark Bell during this time um I just wanted to compete dude I'm like I'm an athlete I had benched 500 raw Mark Bell had reached out to me. He's like, Hey man, I'm holding the um, slingshot classic. We want you to be a guest lifter uh, and bench in a slingshot. I'm like, okay, that sounds like fun, dude. Sure. I went out, I hit 600 in a slingshot, dude. At one, I think I weighed like 198. At one point, dude, I just was like, I'm going to try to bench 600. And I blew up to like 217. <laughs> I was mad. And I'm five, five. So I went bench six, uh, 600 and I posted it. It, it uh, dude, it went viral. I got a lot of followers, but it was like the la the next like two weeks was just like memes about me claiming I bench six hundred raw. I think because the video was like it. I don't know. You couldn't see the slingshot, and I had posted six hundred at Mark Bell Slingshot Classic, and yeah. people were like, "Oh, he's claiming six hundred pound, dude." Oh my god, it was. I had, you're, it, they don't know you're coming from a. a an equipped background. So for you wearing a bench shirt, competing in a bench shirt is normal. So if you, whether yeah. it's a bench shirt or a slingshot, it's equipment. So you're like, yeah, okay, this is, this is kind of, this is what I did. But for the new people who just came in the sport later and it's raw, 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 and there's no like multiplier or a single ply is gone. So for them, yeah. it's totally full. It's totally foreign. And they don't know why you'd even be proud of it. They don't understand me because you're from another era my friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was like, I, I, dude, it got to the point where I was like, man, like I was, I was angry, dude. I, I swear. I was like, I, when you guys started reposting me, I was scared. Like when I pulled eight sixteen, and I, I think I squatted something. I was like, don't do it. I'm like on my phone. Like, don't do it. Don't, don't read the comments. Don't, don't do it. You know? <laughs> really? Just, I, I swear, dude, it's, even it's when different. you guys would repost Steph, like, I'm like, dude, don't, cause I would go in and be hammering these people because they would talk about her. That was when that sumo thing was like, doesn't count. It moved three inches off the ground. I'm like, yo, give me your address, bro. Let's, let's, like, yeah. I, that's how I got to a point. And I'm like, yo, why am I wasting time with these people that don't even have a, a, a profile picture? Like, I just gotta stop. And here's the thing with, with like those comments too. So if, if I pulled up, I don't know if you guys, you guys can't see the stats on all the posts. I think it's only, I can see it. I don't know, even know if you can see the likes on it, but um, like a post could get two to 3000 likes, a uh, thousand shares. So a thousand people will share it. Um, yeah. Like 500 people will, will bookmark it because they want to go back to it. Like, and, and it'll be, some of them up to like half a million views. Like it can be insane. And um, if it really picks up and goes viral and um, but there could be like 30 to 50 comments. Now that's the smallest number of everything I just told you. And of the comments, if even 50, 50 are negative, now we're talking 25 negative comments, but because you see those, it'll impact you. Like it, it and I get it yeah. because it's the same with me, dude, I've been memed. Um, so I know <laughs> where you're like, you're like, God damn it. But 
um, in terms of the the overwhelming like positivity or like thousands of people liking it, it's just hard to keep into relativity that it's the two percenters, it's the two percent negative comments. It's always only two percent are going to say some bullshit sumo or something like that. But they're yeah. the outliers. They're the small time negative. Like they're not indicative of the overall feel. They're probably the ones that are at the expo waiting in line to meet whoever, but they, they're not good. You know what I mean? They're not going right. to post and say who they are, you know, because right. they don't have a profile picture or they don't have an Instagram name. And I'm just like, yo, I would, I would comment and be like, yo, are you, are you at your nine to five right now? Dude, I'm sitting at home on my couch watching walking dead while you're mad at me. Cause I pulled something crazy and you're, you hate your life and you're mad at me. And I'm, I'm watching Netflix episode three, man. Like whatever. Sorry. Is it, is it, is it still, um, because, cause now that you've come back and you're getting the repost and people are like the new people now we're hopping on board and like, Oh, who's this? And they're starting to hear about your story. If they, if they came into the sport in the last few years, when you were gone, is it starting now to subside? Like the previous people who knew you with the Mark Bell slingshot or the previous people, is it a new crew? And is it now like starting over fresh and it feels kind of, feels different like do you think people are still like that where they were before with pulling sumo and whatnot or do you think it's more educated a little bit to be honest dude like uh, i just told steph this i just had posted um me like uh it was a video of me walking for the first time after a surgery and then it was like me squatting 705 benching 512 pulling uh 816 and it was like here's my 2020 gym total um 2033 um and then i went in and i'm like yo thank you to all you schmucks who doubted me and i was like i'm bro i was waiting i'm like waiting for them comments and i'm telling stuff i'm like no i was a little upset that i didn't get like people and it was cool to see because like you're ready to fight just well i'm like at a party i'm like come (laughs) on come on let's go and it was like yo this is so inspiring wow and like the share you know that little share thing was like probably one of my most shared thing. And I think now it's becoming like people are, or regardless if I'm ever get to a chance to break another world record, I think it's, it's more to me now because I can show lifters. Like, you know, how I get so many DMS and people be like, yo, my hip, my knee, my this. So it's like just a whole different world of like, how did you do this? Help me. And that's that feeling right there. And for people to be like, yo, you're inspiring me. Like at first it was like, bro, you're a savage. I love your, I love your confidence. And when it becomes like that, that's awesome. But like now it's so much more to me when it's like, yo, you're, you're helping me just go to the gym. So that is, is um, it, it's, it's weird, but at the same time, it's like, yo, I don't like this, this feels so much better than, than being like, Oh, I mean, I'll still get them savage. I mean, 800 is still 800, you know, but um, it, it's so, it's so crazy how I, I get so many. So um what is it? Um, Squat University actually posted um, power lifter, how power lifter returns in, in, uh, on his page. And, you know, he's got like a million followers and man, dude, like the amount, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, bro. Like in that time, like I kind of like shifted from my own social media to help build the clothing page. So like, I kind of just like hit a hundred thousand. It was like, okay, I'm at one Oh three and it stopped. And then when he, I forgot what it felt like to be like, posted on your guys's and just bullet like holy crap i gained 300 followers in the last whatever and then the, he posted me and it was like 
and then you guys posted me and it was like, Oh my God, this, I don't really remember what this feels like, but, and then seeing like the DMS come in about like, wow, man, like, um, I'm just started lifting. Like I, 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 I don't even, I never even heard of you. And I'm like, what the heck dude, I've been lifting since 2007, like broke world records, but whatever, that's fine. And, um, you know, and then you'd get so many people who are like, you'd also, I'd also get those people who'd be like, dude, I've been following you since 2000 and whenever Instagram or all oh, right, dude, I was following you on Facebook when you did your first, uh, world record at the LA fit expo. And it's so amazing to see you go through what you're doing and create the lifestyle that you're living and F the doubters. And to see that it's, it's awesome, but almost for me, man, because I'm such a competitor, I'm looking for that. Like, man, Cam, he, you know, I, I haven't seen it in a while. I think because I don't know why, like no one's really not saying that people are scared because dude, I, I total 1800, like sure. That total was like nothing compared to what I can do now, but it, what you did in a meet, I mean, that's why they have, you know, results, you know? So until I do something better, that's what I have. And it's like, I think as an athlete, I like that. I like that, uh, which is why I was like, you know, so aggressive with the, the yo Ross Petkoff, um, Cody Blazik, um, Chad Pinson, like, yo, let's, let's fucking go, dude. And, and uh, we have 20 weeks, the amount of shit talking we can do in 20 weeks. And just, I guarantee, dude, who knows? There might be six of us that total 2000 at 181. Like who knows? But I guarantee you like, and, and people want to see that dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you guys, I mean, obviously you guys, your, your podcasts are blowing up where you'll see. I mean, I've listened to most of them with like, um, uh, it was a John when John Hack was in the IPF and then you have like, Brett, uh, Brett Gibbs and uh, Ross, uh, Ross, yeah. Will, like that. And then the, the 163, uh, like, dude, I followed on all that, you know, with uh, Taylor Wood and then that, um, that Ricky one kid, Joe, I can't, Michael C., yeah. dude, all that, like, that was like, I'm as an athlete who's broken world records. I've been lifting probably before these kids even know what's up. And I'm like, I want to watch it. I want to, but that, I think that that's what powerlifting needs. And I think some people are so like, worried about what joe schmo might say if they lose do you think this do you think it's it's um it's easier to go after a number if it's a record but it's a lot more stressful because i had all those 163s the 74 kilo boys i had them all on the same podcast and you have to see the guy you're gonna go against it's like you know when you're on there and there are guys talking a bit of shit Taylor Atwood comes on the podcast wearing his gold medals from the worlds. And like, yeah, he's bro, like, you know, you know, when these things happen and it gets hyped up, you put pressure on yourself. Like Ricky Cho, who, who was going at Atwood. Like if you lose, you look silly and people are worried. Like if you're an MMA fan, UFC guy, you know, look at you, you ratchet up the pressure and then people either want to watch you get your ass whooped or watch you whoop some ass but if you lose they want to be like ah nice i told you i'm glad he's humbled but if you win everyone's like yeah our guy did it he lived up but the pressure gets ratcheted up so it becomes 50 50 when it comes around to show up and um some people like you know what i would rather just operate in and and i'm in like basically no one watching show up whatever happens happens and celebrate after the fact but not have that pressure you know, and, and that becomes like a little easier to accept, to be like, I don't want to yeah. be the pressure cooker. But the problem is nobody's watching if that happens. Unless you step yeah. up, unless you have a rival, nobody's watching. Nobody cares. You need, you need it. Yeah. I mean, and, like, and that's the like, tough thing. 
like think of um, I'm a huge fan. I don't want to say huge fan, but like I, I watch what he does. He's done some stuff that no one ever done. You, you're you're an MMA fan, so you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. Conor McGregor, yeah. probably one of the most hated dudes, but he got to a point where he could fight the box, the best boxer of all time, arguably. You know, and all by what? Just running his mouth, dude. And guess what? He got the fattest check. He's he doesn't ever have to get back in the ring, like. And, and dude, everybody watched that. And, and that's what it's like, man, I see it all the time. Like, to be honest with you with me and so in the 2015, um, me and Ross were going head to head, right, bro. I'm posting every time I lift, whether it's whatever, every time. And I'm like, yo, this kid ain't posting nothing. Like, I know he's strong. He's got the world record, but like, and now I know me and Ross are, are good friends, but that's just how we like he he did the Kern. What was it? He won the Kern, dude. And people were like, I was in the I was in the warm room helping a few people in uh uh you know Ben uh Ben Pollock, Ben oh, yeah. Jack, dude. He For was sure. in the war room and it became to deadlift time, and he's like, Who the f- what the because f-? it was between like Ross and him. And and he's like, dude, who who is this guy? How did this dude just come? I didn't even know anything about that. And I'm like, oh, he's you know, that's sneaky. Um, but that's just, you know, um, he just showed up and I was like, yeah, I just wish, like, I just, I don't know. I, I guess you have to like the attention. You have to be okay with people going to talk bad about you. Like, dude, regardless if I compete, compete versus anyone in my weight class, I am going to be posting because I want people to be, I want it to be a point where people are doubting me and they want me to go and fail, or they want me to be like, wow. You know, cause, cause I like the pressure. I want it to be like, if, if you guys post me and you're like, Oh, Mike is talking trash again. What's he going to do? You know what I mean? Like call me cocky or whatever. Like I, for that, that brings the best out of me. Some people do not like that. And there's nothing wrong with that or powerlifting. Like this is, this is like a hobby. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something we love to do, but it's like, come on. This is when none of us are, none of us are making a living off the actual sport. It's around, I mean, there's a lot of us who've been able to make a living through coaching, through apparel, you know what I'm Indirectly, saying? Indirectly, um, but not as an athlete. Yeah. Not as in, like the top cats ain't getting paid. You know what I mean? And that's okay. Like for me, dude, I'm, cause I, and, and here's the thing. I was talking to some people, I'm not going to name drop any names about trying to go to the, the hybrid showdown and people are like, what's the payout? I'm like, who the fuck cares, dude? Come compete, bro. At IPF championships, do they have a payout? Nothing. Exactly. They don't. I'm like, do you have a job? Like, even if the payout's 10K, are you going to, is that going to support your, your, like, come on, dude, come, like, it bothered me so much to see how many people are like, because it was between the Kern and Hybrid Showdown. It bothered me so much to see how many people were chasing the money. And that's why it's like, when they had the first Kern, how many injuries did we see? It's all because they wanted to win the $40,000 payout. And a cool, cool dude, like the money's awesome and all, but like I love powerlifting because I'm passionate about it. It's not because I'm trying to become IG famous. Sure, I love, I, who wouldn't want to be IG famous? It helps me live the life that I live now. I fucking love it. But I like the competitiveness, dude. Like, see, bro, when, when I did that meet I was just telling you about, that single ply meet versus Al Caslow. I did that, that, um, that showdown happened three years in a row. He beat me every single time, but I would out total him by a hundred, hundred pounds at a different meet. 
I would go to a different meet and smoke him. But when we showed up, this dude was a vet. He was 20 years older than me, and he would just somehow manage to beat me. And he he would literally say, Mike is a Mike is Mike is way better than me. He just can't put it together on game day. He chases an 800 pound deadlift. There was there was two times I went 750 opener, 800 missed both times. And you know what I mean. So that's a big difference. That explains right there what we were just talking about competition versus a, a list or competition versus someone yeah, who versus, may beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like IPF, dude. When you look at the 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 list. Green light, green light, you know what I mean? Of people who are getting the lifts, they take these small jumps. Like the coaching strategy is like, dude, it's 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 amazing to watch. And that is powerlifting. To me, at being someone who started powerlifting in 07, some people just don't know what powerlifting is because they see Kern, $40,000 payout. They see the hybrid showdown that just happened, like these big payouts. And dude, I'm not taken away from what they're doing because I think that as for what we do, to our bodies, to we have to sacrifice not going anywhere, dude, for that meat prep time. But I love powerlifting for me. I'd rather show up to a meet where I get no money and compete against the top 10 cats than the current making $40,000. Let's say if I, if I won the current, I won 40 Gs. Who would I compete against? Not saying that the current the people show up, but I'm just saying that feeling for me wouldn't be the same. And I'm not a millionaire. Don't I? I mean, we're doing well, making the, you know, we're doing good, but you know that feeling. You're an athlete. If you're a true athlete to a sport you love and you're, you've never played any professional like football or whatever, like even even when you watch, I don't know if you watch football or something like, like these dudes are getting hurt. They broke their nail. They're sitting out. You know what I mean? It's different, but you watch them in college, whew, whole different world, bro. It's the passion like leaves you when you start talking about that money, you know? Mm. To me, at least, I, I love it for passion. I want to compete. I don't know. That's just how I've always been. I'm like, it was so cool when, when the current first came around. I'm like, oh, money. I got a chance. I could win. Because at that time, like, I was breaking world records. So I'm as good as anyone right now. Who knows? And then all this, it's just like, first off, Yuri and John Hag beating everybody anyway. So why not let's all meet up and do a meet that is about passion and the best man wins. And that's the best in the world. Not a list. Fuck that list, dude. You can erase that list. Get rid of open powerlifting when it comes to that. I mean, I love what they're doing because it's so easy. But back then it was a powerlifting watch. You heard it? You remember right, that? Of course. Dude, <laughs> I, I still got on that and checked it out every once in a while. Right. Like, and then you have like Reddick. Oh my God. I used to get smash bashed on that, dude. I get mm-hmm. screenshots from people being like, yo, you see this? I'm like, stop. No, I don't care. Don't send it to me, dude. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying, bro. It's just that feeling yeah. of like passion, bro. I don't know. Not saying that, not saying that other people aren't passionate because they're they're getting paid for it. But I don't know. For me, this is me speaking. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean it's and it does somewhat divide it becomes a divide and conquer situation where um you'd be like, why should I show up at Kern? get my ass whooped. I'm not going to touch no money, but I could go to a smaller show, touch a little bit of money. It's a lot less, but I, I think I could actually get it because all the big boys are at current. So you start picking your shots and you start thinking exactly. cherry picking events and be like, I'll go to this event, fewer people, but I think I'm going to grab that cash. And you know, you start and I can squat that. higher. Right. Or, yeah. or that, right. The standards aren't always the same as well. So yeah. Yeah. Which is why I like, uh, J- Jason Manikoff and, and um, 
Jared Fear are not afraid to be like, yo, that was not a real, like, you're a f- dude. Jared gave Steffi at her own event a red light and said, uh, he's like, I didn't pass it. But you know, like, Jared, Jared, he gave Jared, me my only red light he gave me on my squad. He, he was really? like, he, I was like, yeah, it was my second, second attempt. I squatted 611. He was like, it was easy, but I thought it was high. Uh, and then I came back. I asked him, like, what do I need to do? He's like, bro, you're right there. Just just give a little bit. And then I then he came back. He was like, that was that's all you needed to do. But yeah, I, I like that because I think there's certain standards. Um, and then you have people that will be like, I don't want to go compete at this federation or this meet because of the standards. And so and so might be there, and he might squat high. Which is, is true, dude. It's so annoying to see some of these records when you have guys like, you know, like some of these squat records, bro, are just ridiculous. And then like, you know, like um, uh, Herbie the Love Bug, like that dude turned down a world record. Like, and he and he's one of the best squatters and, and guys, you know, like Dan Green would turn down stuff. Like seeing a, a record by like Dan Green get taken because it was a, or Kevin Oak or, or whoever, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. man, that's trash, dude. Like, but people be like, oh, that judge, that judge uh, gave me the red light, you know. Um, and it's like, dude, okay. Or he gave me the white light, so whatever. Or that angle. And it's like, dude, man, like people people will give their whole lives to break that. Like like Joe Sullivan. He's one of my cl- – he's cool-ass dude. I love Joe. I love his story. I watch his podcast – I listen to the podcast. Dude's a great dude. And what caught me, bro – about that podcast, like literally had me in my feelings is was like powerlifting. Like that's, I get to eat burgers and, and da, 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 da. The, the lifting part doesn't matter to me. It's the, I might get a chance to break a world record. What did he do? He did it, put it to death, put it in the basement. No questions. But he said, I get that 10 hour drive with my dad, which hit me deep because like, I, you know, me and my dad, even though I, I was kicked out and all that, but like we have the best relationship that we have now. And like, he lives in St. Louis. I'm out here. He wants to come visit me, but I keep telling him no because COVID, he's older. You know, I don't know if it's real or not, dude. I would hate for him to come out here and something happen, but it's like, that was so cool. And Joe, he just didn't care. And that's world-class athlete to me. You know what I mean? Um, the dude's competitive. He doesn't want to lose. He's he's aggressive and he's, he's just a cool dude, you know? And he knows his stuff. Like there's only a few people for me to be like, yeah, listen to this guy because you know it you see the powerlifting social media gurus is just mind-blowing now you know what i mean like it's like jesus dude who do you like to watch like who do you follow on instagram now um like as far as lifters or coaching it's well both both um okay so uh, it's it's uh you know i i love squat university i love his stories um obviously Steffi she's a close she's cool she's a friend of mine I like how she can now she's switching to boxing and you know she's she's her lifting is speaks for itself um Joe Sullivan definitely um he's he's a cool dude I've spoke to him we were in Ireland at the same time because Steph did the IPL worlds and we hung out that was cool um Garrett Fear is uh I like following him because he's a strong dude um but I like that he keeps it 100 for sure. Um, He's a person. Dude, there's so many. There's so many great, you know, so many great lifters. The funny thing is, is that Hunter girl, um, the gym she trains at 
in Kansas, Missouri. So the guy I've been talking about, Al Caslow, he trained in that little group, like JP Price. Mm. That was that group that the my um, that I we would battle because we were St. Louis, Missouri. It was like a four-hour difference. So when we would go to meets, it would be St. Louis versus K, K, J, JP Price. You know, Michael Greeno. All these dudes that trained in that gym, that they're still kind of there. Al Caslow kind of retired, but it's like, wow, and to see you know to see them doing what they're doing, like JP's doing. Um, do you know you know who JP Price is, right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, amazing dude, and um, they helped run the showdown. Me, they say. I know, day. dude. That right. was and and dude, he they were getting reamed on the live stream. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, dude, he put it together in like five minutes. So this it was is like, true. This is yeah, true. but that you know. Um, but even me and Steph were watching. We're like, oh, man, move the camera. And I was like, we ain't got it. She's like, comment. I'm like, nope, someone will. And then we go, dude, the comments are crazy. This supposed to be the biggest meet of the year. And it's like, dude, they put it together in five minutes. Like, I listened to the uh, – I was supposed to do that meet. Um, but uh, I just can't lift in sleeves, dude. It just destroys my my knees. Like, I, it's weird that you would think wraps – are worse on the knees but for me when i wrap my knee i get this crazy amount of blood flow and my legs feel the best so i could i i, I every day that i squat i deadlift in training after squats only like if i were to go warm up for deadlifts it would be it just deadlift it would be bad oh, wow. i have to squat in wraps first i squat twice a week i do pause squats in wraps and then deadlift after and then i squat later in the week regular squats with wraps and I start, I start, this is funny. I start wrapping at two reds all the way up. <laughs> wow. So you have to. Yeah. And even when I hit one red, so I'll hit the bar I'll use, you know what that voodoo band, uh, flossing, nope. you know, uh, okay. So it's just like a elastic, really tight band where you'll, you'll really wrap it to create a bunch of blood flow. I'll wrap my quads right over my knee. I, I learned this from Chris Duffing. Um, and it just blows my quads up. So I'll do that with the bar and one red and then two reds. I, and another, you know, I don't walk my squats out. Um, and I know that's a big thing of like, you should walk your squats out. But for me, I would rather lift weights and pick in a mono than not be able to lift weights. You know what I mean? So you're, you're in a different situation though. I mean, you got, yeah. I mean, people still be like, oh dude, you know. Blah, 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 walk to squat out. I squ I'm like, first off, I'm not even like a great squatter. Like I always hated squatting. I just was good at deadlifting. But now, I, back then I could get away with just being like, oh, well, guess what? When it comes to the deadlift, I'm going to smoke you anyway. So I don't have to squat. You know what I mean? I'll go one for three. Dude, in the two that, uh, at the LA Fed Expo, I went one for three in squats. 534 squat. Taylor Atwood just squatted 600 for a double today. Yeah. Drug tested at 163. You know what I mean? Then it didn't matter because I was pulling 730, 740. Now how many cats pull over 700? It's, it's like, and that's a cool thing to be around. Like the, since I started lifting weights to see the bar just keep, that's what's like, man, I just want to keep going. And, and uh, people look at me like, like some people are like, oh, he's a vet. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, even, I'm 29. What are you talking about? I'm not old. Like I haven't even hit my, like, peak like look at freaking you know like dan green like those guys you know um he's he's dealt with some injuries too um he's somebody that i i really like watching too because i can relate and we talk a lot um super cool dude um i i love watching his stuff because it's like man i i know that feeling 
of he'd be like, yeah, my body let me do that. I know that there's times. And this is a saying that I've always said. It's not a matter of people being better. It's a matter of me not being. And I, and I don't mean this to mean like I'm better than everybody, but for like when, when you train, you want to program and peak for the me. For me, it was like, I just want to be able to train this week. Like, can I get through, the, can I get through one squat, one bench, one deadlift? You know what I mean? So every week, that's what I prayed for. I couldn't do a 10 week meat prep. I had to do six. And I had to tell Jason Manikoff, I'm like, yo, like literally dude, he was like, oh my God, you're, you're one of my worst clients because you're complaining so much. I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do? My knees hurt. I can't, I can't, I can't bench my elbow, my, pe my pecs. And then all of a sudden he was like, dude, where are you getting these beginner hundred pound PRs? And I'm like, dude, I've done two raw meets. <laughs> you know what I mean? I haven't really done the whole like raw training. I started lifting in a, sh in gear when I was freaking 15 years old, squatting in a suit, squat, you know what I mean? And we never trained raw, dude, never. So this is like my real talk, third year of like, really being maybe second full year really being able to push the raw stuff you know which is crazy it, it is as um i remember last time we had you on and something we always ask everybody whenever they come on when all is said and done and this is probably different now so i'm going to ask again even though last time i had you want to ask you when all is said and done and you're going to wrap it up and you're looking back you're an old man at your career how do you want to be remembered and what do you want to have achieved now that last time we talked, you hadn't in terms of the coaching, you were coaching, but it's, it's all different now in terms yeah. of running, in terms of running events, owning your own, you know, everything you're doing now. And, and now that you've got a taste of putting away being an athlete now it's back on the team. Yeah. I think um, for me, I, honestly, I don't even remember what I said then. Who knows? I just, I probably said uh, be the best ever, whatever. Um, uh, for me now, like, like what I want to achieve is I want to be able to do, I want to, I want to total, like this is as far as on the platform, right? Like goals. I never really talk about numbers anymore. Cause I just want to lift weights and have fun. That's like my biggest thing. Like, and that's what I try to tell athletes. Don't cut weight. Just go to the meet, enjoy it. That That's all you should do. And if you like it, then, then we'll start talking like 80% of my athletes that I coach. It's like, yo, let's pick a meet. Some people just, oh, I want to wait till I'm ready. It's like, dude, you never, I've been lifting since 2007. I'm still not ready. You know what I mean? That never, that's a good feeling. You don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. And it's like, dude, just do the meat, make sure you like it. But for when we're talking like achieving a certain thing, I want to be able to do at the same weight class, what I did single ply, raw and wraps, which I think, um, I did 2017, I think. I can't 100% remember. I think it was 2017. I'm not 100% sure. But I think that's what, what it was. Um, you know, and then in Multiply, I did like 2190 or something crazy. Um, high squat, but whatever. Single, you did 2007.3 pounds. There it is. I said 2017, sorry. Yep. There it is. See, that's how great open powerlifting is. So that's, <laughs> that's right. so, so that's what I want to do raw. Um, like, honestly, like that's, if all everything goes well and I can stay healthy for the next 20 weeks, like I don't see why I can't do that. 
um because i'm like right around a seven 700 squat i did just squat 705 and um you know people were like bashing it because it was high and i'm like dude i've never got a gift in any meat i i got scared and i just cut it high like that's literally over the next 20 weeks i'm just trying to clean that up i'm not trying to get any stronger i just want to clean it up and make sure because i don't want to be that guy dude who hits a squat and a tie like i will turn it down right away um you know so and i've uh, you know benches five or plus and then if i can put you know I, there's no like single numbers because i'm a power lifter it comes down to a total right people always talk about like single list well if i want to i want to deadlift well why do you why do you want to do that number i want to total a certain number and whatever it takes however i can get there dude whatever uh, but at the same weight class so i have to that's like um i will be happy but as far as like what i want to be like remembered as is um this is this might sound weird but like the cool thing about creating your own brand is you become less of the brand and the brand becomes more of the brand i don't know if that makes any sense but what you, i'm saying is is like you telling me king of the lifts is not me at all i get look it. at you guys it's the brand the brand yeah. speaks for itself right. and for me being able to touch people without being able to talk to you and I that's it like I don't I don't I don't like and that's hard for a guy like me because I want to be the best like I want people to talk about me I'll be like oh you remember Michael Michael dude that dude pulled he was crazy in the gym that dude would freak out he was like freaking Pete Rubish with the, the laundry like that dude's crazy you know um but for me dude it's about the lives that I can touch without even touching them and help people because this is a this is a real life thing like fight or quit relates to cancer waking up i mean every moment you have that choice to fight or quit you know what i mean um or to just fight like literally dude all our t-shirts i have tatted on me like never stop fighting us um i uh i will win f humble that's one of our t-shirts too but like it's all a story of like my life and it's crazy to know that like I can give people a story that I live on a t-shirt. Like I have powered by pain. I have um, F fear. I have, there's just, I mean, do we have 80 different t-shirts, but for people to, and it's crazy because like, here's an example of the brand speaks for itself. Me and Stephanie were hosting, we were at the IPL, or IPL world championships. We were at the booth and this kid comes down and he's like oh hey uh, do you know blah 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 and i'm like no he's like oh that's uh your guys is one of your guys's athletes uh, or that's the sales manager um for fighter quit she's gonna hook me up with some shirts little did did this kid know here's the owners right here it's me and steph so he's telling me that so and so is about to come down and steph was looking at me like are, are, are you about to check them or should i and i was like okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah, she's not here right now. She'll be back later. And, um, long story short, as soon as I do left me, I, I told I me, mean, I mean, Steph started laughing. I was like, yo, that was the coolest feeling to feel that they don't even know. Like when we first started the brand, it was because people were supporting me and Steph, right? We're social media now, bro, I don't even need to post anymore. It's like people will buy stuff that they don't even know who I am. They don't even know who Steph is. I mean, we still get a ton of supporters and I love that, but it's like for the brand to people, for people to be like, yo, that powered by pain shirt, that fighter quit shirt. That's what I, that's to answer that question. 
It's just like you, bro. King of the lifts, you're, and you're helping powerlifting become better the best way you can. And it's not even about you. It's about the people around you. You know what I mean? So for me, from, from coming from a guy who has F humble tatted on him and being cocky, da, 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 that's what it's about. It's, it's about others. And here, dude, I'll tell you, I, I, we had a grand opening Saturday. I had a deadlift event. Like I built a platform. I put it outside, built a tent, got a live DJ, dude, these big old 15s. I had smoke. I, I sent you the pictures. I was on the mic. People, people kept asking me, man, are you going to deadlift? Are you going to deadlift? And I'm like, you know what? No. And they're like, why? And I was like, you know, whatever. And then I explained to later that it wasn't about me. This was about you guys and giving everyone that showed up to the grand opening a moment to feel that, ah, let's go and pick your own song, the DJ, the lights, the smoke. You guys supported me for all this time. You buy my shirts, you pay for my gym membership, you buy my coaching. Let me be on the mic and show you that support that you've, you've showed me since 2007. So that's how I would like to be remembered. Not even my name, fight or quit. You know, I changed I, my, co oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you finished, you finish up. My coaching used to be called Merino Power System. It had a picture of me, the t-shirt, bro. It's just so Conor McGregor. It had a picture of me on the t-shirt. It said Merino Power System, sunglasses, and then my beard. And I would sell I it to my athlete. That. I remember those. You do. Yeah. yeah, that was it. And then it was like, it, and people would buy them. And I'm like, I don't know. Like Steph would even be like, yo, don't go to that new logo. No, no dudes about to wear that shirt with your, with your face on it. Like, and um, that's how like full of myself I was. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Steph will tell you she's right here. I'm still full of myself. Um, I'll still look in the mirror and be like, oh man, like, you know, but um, what I'm saying is, is, it's, it's totally different now. So now it's like, I don't even want to be talked about. I want the brand to be talked about, about what it's doing. And it's not about pizza, donuts. I want things to be relatable for you and I and your mom and your aunt and your this and your kid and your, your dog. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone can relate to it. You know? I, I get it because um, it's a cool thing when, if you could build something and it's strong enough just to stand on its own, and it doesn't need you at all. As a matter of fact, if I died today, King of Lifts would hopefully could carry on and just, it is what it is. It stands on its own. You don't need to know anything about me or nothing. And it's, yeah. uh, it serves its own purpose. It's something cool about that when you could build something. I totally 100% get it. It's different when you're building yourself up and you're kind of like, hey, look at me. Look what I accomplished when you do a big lift or you, whatever sport it is. But there's something that's a little more humbling when it's nothing to do with you. It's something, a different entity that gives back to other people. And you're like, I'm pretty satisfied. That's a different feeling of satisfaction where this entity isn't look at my lift or look at whatever. It's this entity surviving on its own, its own reputation. It's not my reputation giving back. It's a, that's a cool, it's hard to explain to somebody, but I, I totally is. get it. I totally it, get it. The weird thing is, is I think that's what's helping me with my lifting is because it's not about me anymore. Every time I do some type of lift, whether it's hitting a PR, to, 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 it's that's still for other people because then people could look at me and be like, well, if he can do it, he's, he's helping me understand that 
it's okay. Dude, I talk about my knee surgeries all the time to where people will be like, we get it, dude. You had knee surgery. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm sure you've never had an injury before, but it, that's, it's not about me bragging about coming back. It's about me letting that, that kid who just did, I had a kid who was about to go to division one football stud MCL, or I think he tore his ACL and he reached out and he's like, dude, I don't know what to do. I lost my scholarship. And I just said, I said, dude, I understand. I said, um, I sent some videos. I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this, bro, but I am. I said, all you have to do is focus. I just said, just keep fighting, bro. Like that. I literally said, just fight, never quit. And that's a t-shirt we have. So literally all I said was like stuff that we have. And, um, you know, I sent them like a code to my store. I'm like, do whatever you want, grab it. And remember that when you're wearing it. And now he, you know, kids healthy he just was like yo i appreciate that you know uh, i didn't hit him with like a uh, doctors told me this i just said yo like i'll keep it so simple i'm like just keep fighting don't don't quit when you think that and it sounds so corny and it's like and everything about our brand is corny and people will literally reach out and be like oh you could think of a better name and i'm like no dude because it's that's like it, I, we want it to be that simple because when you start confusing things and you use these big words especially when you're talking to me I'm going to be like, what did you just say? You lost me, you know? So that's why lifting has become so much funner for me because it's like, who can I, who can I, I don't want to prove anybody wrong, but who can I'm not, I don't really like to say motivate because I'm not a motivator, but uh, inspired to just keep, keep fucking going, dude. Like, and that's literally all it's about is just, there's been so many times where I've been down and I should have given up and I just, because of who I am and how I was like, my dad was so strict with me with sports. He never would dude. If I would, if I would get penalties in hockey, I'm going home and I'm getting spanked. I'd run home. I put like five pairs of sweatpants on cause I know it was coming. Mm. And it just became like into my brain where it's like, just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's lost me relationships. It's lost me jobs. It's lost me friends. But now 2020, I'm almost 30 years old because of how I've been my whole life, it's become, I've been so selfish that now all of a sudden it's like, I'm inspiring people just by being myself and what I've been doing my whole life. You know, it's so weird, dude. Um, but it's a, it's a feeling that I can't even like, I can't even explain. I think that's why I'm getting stronger. So I'll be honest, if you looked at my program, you'd be like, it's just going to the gym and kind of just you know, seeing how I feel, bro. It's, it's, uh, I have to be able to allow myself to, I just go up a, li- a few kilos each week and I can't do a lot of reps. Like today I pulled 650 for a double. That's the first time I've pulled doubles since before all my knee surgeries. Everything's been singles, even one red. I go one red, single, two red, all the way up. Holy moly, man. No, no volume with sumo pulls. None until today. I'm, I'm testing it. I've ten, I'm on a 10 week program where it's doubles till about 760. And if I can double that, who knows? I, I'm not really like a, I don't really think there's a lot of carryover for me on reps, but like, it's just getting that practice in of keep pushing like my form and stuff, but dude, no repetitions. And before, um, even with Jason, dude, we, we didn't do no reps. We would do singles on singles benching. He had me benching three times a day. It was singles each day the weight just went up a little <laughs> that was because that's all I could handle dude so um we had to do what we had to do so it's just what it is man it's it's a blast it's like a 
um, I feel so thankful and blessed about being able to do what I can do just to go into the gym. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying like I'm dying or anything, but like, it, it just, it, it's a cool feeling, man, to, to know that people are watching. And to be honest, man, I, I do like the hype a little bit when uh, all of a sudden it's like this dude was down and, and wh- wh- oh, shoot, he just pulled 800. Oh, wow. And it's like, yeah, bro, you don't even know. Like if I could, st- I'm, I'm going to keep pushing as long as I'll do this. I'll get five more knee surgeries. Call me stupid. I don't care. <laughs> it, for, for anyone listening who, um, A, wants to reach out for coaching, and I know it's going to be limited spots, but if they get lucky, and B, wants to uh, buy some of this merch and gear, where do they head to? So I think uh, for the coaching, man, it's the same as what it always is. It's funny because when I, when I at the hybrid showdown, Garrett Fear, he was on the mic and he said my name too. Um, when, I, when I won my weight class and he's like, uh, <laughs> he said something about, this dude came back from knee surgery. Then he's like, but text him for coaching because he posts his number on social media. Cause I still have, dude, my phone number is, it's the same number. It's on social media. My phone, that's how you, cause I want to be personal, dude. I want to be like me and you are, you know what I mean? No, no disrespect to anyone who has websites and all this fancy stuff. I, I love that stuff too. But for me, I want you to, to know, Hey, it's me whatever. But uh, for, for coaching, um, you can always DM me on Instagram at Micah, at Micah underscore Marino. Um, and then my cell phone number is 314-471-6396. Um, that's my personal phone number that my fiance, my freaking father, if you were texting me, we would be talking on. So that's how I do all my coaching. Um, and then as far as like the clothing in the gym, fighterquit.com is the is the website and then the instagram is fighter quit co or at fighter quit co and then our gym page is at fighter quit gym um, and we're in las vegas nevada we run a 24-hour access gym strictly powerlifting gym very limited we let we're limiting um because of the space we we're, we're not huge um but this is we we have a storefront here we're um training massage therapists all that good stuff and it's a place to come here train put on your own music and just have a have a blast dude it's it's, it's super fun when you come here um i know you're in canada but if you ever come out to vegas let me know but that that's that's where it is man um i appreciate you uh having me on bro it's been i think five six years so it's just yeah. a whole different whole different story dude the game has changed let's make sure it's not another five years we'll only talk like two times every decade but uh, yeah maybe we'll talk about my next knee surgery that i have because i know one's coming but god knows where we'll both be in five years but listen man thank you for giving me your time and coming on it's a phenomenal story a hell of a comeback i'll be paying attention i'll be i'll be reposting and good luck with the training my man thanks bro i appreciate it man have a good night get some rest you too talk to you later